Ladies and gentlemen, this is Alec Ransom, and you are about to listen to a treat. That's right, a treat. Don't worry, it's not a Kit Kat bar. You don't have to break off a piece. It's the Pittsburgh Pilot Era Podcast. we got some good stuff coming. we got to talk about AEW Revolution. we got to talk about the death and burial of poor little Ricochet. And not to mention the best part of the show tonight, Goldberg. You're listening to the Pittsburgh Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Alec Ransom, and you are about to listen to a treat. That's right, a treat. Don't worry, it's not a Kit Kat bar. You don't have to break off a piece. It's the Pittsburgh Pilot Podcast. We got some good stuff coming. We got to talk about AEW Revolution. We got to talk about the death and burial of poor little Ricochet, and not to mention the best part of the show tonight, Goldberg. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Pittsburgh Powder Podcast. We are excited to be here with you. I'm Alec Ransom, one of your illustrious, angry, fat, out of breath, overweight, out of shape. Oh gosh hosts <laughs> and uh we'll be uh we'll be with you here for the next hour hour and a half two hours who the heck knows we are long-winded jackasses so we're gonna we're gonna try to keep it shorter and sweeter tonight we're gonna try you've we've got the syad with you tonight inside joke you'll get it if you know it there's three of us on deck here for you alec ransom we've got one half of the chooser weight new chooser weight champions Beef the legend. We've got the second half of the Chooserweight champions. The best damn Chooserweight champ there ever was. Poop the Bard. Tiger Bomb Tom might pop in and join us a little bit later. Hopefully he does. Maybe he won't. You never know. Stay tuned. Stick around. Find out. We're going to jump right into it. we got a lot to talk about, so we're not going to go long here on this. Thank you to our sponsors. Casual Gaming Dad. Check him out on the YouTubes. Check him out on the Twitch Twatch. Google it up. Also, Sean Titchler. He brings you IWC in the Clearfield area. If you are in the Western Pennsylvania area, check out an IWC Clearfield show. You won't regret it. They are amazing. Fellas, I'm going to start us off with a quick fantasy booking. Oh. Tell me any wrestler, current, past. It doesn't matter. Give me your fantasy booking of the best technical wrestling one-on-one match. Beef, go. Oh, fuck. Um, shit. Uh, you know, I'm probably going to catch some heat for this, but I don't care. You know, it's 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 our fucking podcast. Uh, I would book uh, Chris Benoit versus Daniel Bryan in the Best of Seven series. No heat there. You're talking about Chris Benoit the wrestler, not Chris Benoit the maniac. So right. I, I would watch that match and probably – Probably be sports entertained, for sure. Who? What about you? Oh man, the, the, like he said. The, first of all, before we do this, on that intro, yo, <laughs> yeah, nailed, fucking that was that was fast and slick and easy. That just was, like Ransom likes it. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. boy. Um, uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ridiculous here. Do it. I'm gonna say. I want to see. I want to see Finn Balor. Oh. 
I want to see Finn Balor and um oh um um Bruno San Martino in an mm. Iron Man match. Oh my goodness. Two different wow. styles, contrasting styles, contrasting eras, and what was a big deal and what wasn't. But both of them were so good that I think they would be able to work each other and have a absolutely insane classic match. What about you, Ransom? Uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain he already is, but I'm going to give him a fair warning, Beef. I want you to sit down, have your wife get the defibrillator ready, because your heart's <laughs> about to stop. In their prime... I would book for the best technical wrestling match, a submission match between Kurt Angle and Brett the Hitman Hart. I would watch that match and thoroughly be sports entertained from start to finish. I don't think oh. those two in their prime could put on a bad match. I don't Who was the first one? You, you Kurt Angle. Who was the first one? Okay. Sorry. Yeah, Kurt Angle. Oh, Kurt yeah, Angle no. and Bret Hart. If I could watch those two in a submission match, it would just be magic on the screen. You know, going back to what you know, Poot mentioned about San Martino and, and, and Balor. Like I, I know he did it for the for, for the guffaws, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I I've kind of fallen off my my WrestleMania uh, uh, binge this year. I got to like five or six, and I was like, ah, uh, you know, I'll pick it up later. It's it's just so interesting how. The styles have changed, and I was thinking about this a little bit today. If you go back to like the 1960s, even, and that's you know what, uh, 60 years ago, so not that long ago, um, realistically, um, there's a lot of headlocks, a lot of mat stuff, and a lot of punching. Like, if you saw a clothesline or a lariat. You knew that it was a, a, a solid match. If you saw a drop kick or something from the top rope, like it was like a seven star Meltzer match. So it's 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 just amazing, you know, to see where we are now, and 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 to think about what the future will hold for the business, for the sport, really, you know. Well, I it mean, really has to. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Pete. I, I was going to say you really. I mean, even just think about how quickly things have. It really uh, mirrors the industrial revolution, right? So, like, mm -hmm. it, it as things got bigger and better and faster and the athletes got more uh, honed and trained, you saw technical abilities and crazy stuff that they're doing in the ring just speed up and up and up and up and up. It got more insane faster and faster and faster. And it's still, to go back and watch those matches, the Beef said, and arguably, one could say arguably, boring matches. Arguably from back Maybe in the from day. today's standards yeah yeah by today's they're, standards they are but to go back and, to sit through to go back and watch and try and put yourself in that time maybe if even if it's a little bit of nostalgia for people who are you know older than us to watch those oh man they're it's it's incredibly entertaining it's a different psychology than today yeah for sure and i i think also there's a big size difference between the wrestling of old and the sports entertainment of now. I mean, you've had the Hulk Hogan's, you had the Sergeant Slaughter's, you know, Jim Duggan, Junkyard Dog, all those guys, they were all big guys. So like you said, Beef, when you saw a drop kick 
or somebody coming off the top rope, even for something like a double axe handle, it was it was a big deal because those guys were much much bigger. You know, today's today's sports entertainment has really embraced the younger style guys, and their moves have evolved from the more heavy hitting mat wrestling brawling style of the past into the high flying drop kicks top rope this top rope that it's it's very it's very showy nowadays and it, it makes you wonder you look with guys like terry funk and mick foley and the trouble that they have with their bodies now if you can imagine 40 years down the line some of these guys who are coming off the top rope and doing these high flying spots that put all sorts of pressure on their bodies every single night you almost wonder what they're going to look like in 40 years. Are they going to even be able to walk? The argument is... Will Ospreay... I, I, I was going to say, sorry, but Will, Will Ospreay, even now, has to take, like, you know, months away from basically every year because he's got an ankle or he's got a back or he's got a neck. Like, something's going on mm -hmm. with him. That's, oh, yeah. That's, yeah, I mean, that's that, that, that that's what you get. I, I mean, honestly, that, that's, that's what you should expect. I went to the doctor... I worry about the, the longevity of these guys. I went to the I went to the uh, doctor the other day and he said I'm sorry, Poot, you have a neck. Um, but anyway, <laughs> you know what I'm talking. I know about. what you're talking about. Um, and I uh, no, and I agree with Beef to like kind of echo that. Uh, that that is absolutely true. You're seeing these guys have to take time out more and more often. However. The difference between if you go watch Mick Foley and Terry Funk do their thing, every time I saw Terry Funk do a moonsault, it was like I always was just like he's just gonna hit the mat and just explode into a cloud of <laughs> dust, like he's you know because he always landed on his side or he uh, he looked like he was gonna undershoot it or something like Rich that. Rich Flair with his with the his back the damn back body, back body drops. drops. Yeah. Well, oh and, my god! Every time. And that's the thing is that yes what they're putting themselves through in this scenario is insane. Like the stuff that like Will Ospreay and uh, even Ricochet, who we're going to talk about here soon, you know, like seeing those guys do their thing, it's incredible. But the difference is the finesse that they do it with and the training they have to do those things is far and beyond what Terry Funk and McFoley did. Every you go back and watch some of McFoley's bumps that he took where he'd go onto a table. His hips would land on like the the like edge that didn't collapse. Or if he took like a back body drop into the stairs, his lumbar would just spear into the corner of a step. Like no. those guys don't do those things. They don't just willy nilly throw themselves because they're you know they're they're sadists or masochists. Like unless they're Darby Allen. Well, unless they're Darby Allen, he's an exception. Well, but like a longevity that's not going to really uh, last. Yeah, right. That is the one that I would say wouldn't wouldn't last round. I think that yeah, they have definitely a shorter timeline on their career, but I don't think it's as short as we keep thinking that it's going to be. Two points, hey, real quick. Oh, go ahead. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yes, like the whole, like, flippy doodle, like, almost kind of like a scripted ballet type thing is awesome to see. It sure is. But I'll tell you what, like, it makes me really appreciate two things. One, it makes me appreciate guys, big dudes that can go, like Dajakovic and Keith Lee. Oh, yeah. Who can just absolutely kill it. And then it also makes me appreciate the old-timey wrestlers, uh, guys like Walter, guys like Minoru Suzuki, two guys in my top five currently. Like, even though we have all this other awesome stuff out there, 
these two guys are basically bruisers, basically guys who are going to knock your freaking head off, um, you know, b- before looking at you. Like, so, I, you know, I think that it's kind of cyclical in a way because mm. now we appreciate, at least me personally, I, you know, I, I appreciate some of these bigger guys, these guys who are kind of heavy hitters now that are doing a lot more old school stuff. The stuff, the, the, the one point I wanted to make though is, uh, Ransom, you said about it becoming more sp- sports entertaining. Uh, John Moxley's promo on uh, AEW uh, last night, uh, he talked about being a professional wrestler and about making the sport of professional wrestling great. And that absolutely, like, made me pop real hard because in WWE, it's, you know, well-known that you don't use the, the, the nomenclature, you know, sport. Or you don't... It's, it's very... It's, it's, it's even very... Rare that they're be that they're being called wrestlers anymore. Oh yeah, so, you don't like, use the word wrestling. Wrestlers, right. no uh-uh. or title uh, or, or or belt. Like you know, so it's very much Vince's vision is not what the sport was sixty years ago. It's evolved into something new and and flashy and exciting and fun, but like for purists. Things like New Japan, things like AEW, things like NWA, you know, these, these these things are really kind of still holding that torch of the sport of kings uh, and, 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 and bringing it to a new generation. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's an interesting um, it's, 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 it's an interesting time to be sure. Oh, yeah, sure. that's that's uh, that's a definite. And uh, it, I don't know, it, you know, you speak of interesting and I think that there's probably really for me the most interesting thing going on right now is and i have no idea why again we're not there there might be a lot of underlying reasons but ricochet just is getting buried not like oh he's not winning matches he's getting buried like he was in a buried alive match and he ain't coming out they really are gonna bury him until he is dead i don't understand why what did what did this guy do well this pissed somebody off I, I, I wanna make I wanna make just a point because people were saying the fiend got buried. Like they were they were arguing that the fiend got buried. The no, fiend he's did gonna not beat John Cena at WrestleMania. Yeah. The fiend did not get buried. The fiend lost, and everyone knows why he lost, because it's Goldberg and it's blood money and all this stuff. And then it also put him in that program with Cena, as you said, beef. But but that's not a burial. What is happening to Ricochet? And I know we've said it already. Ransom said it very eloquently. This is a fucking burial. Like, like I don't, I don't it, get it. Is he not putting butts in seats? Is that, is that the problem? I've heard a lot of people say in a lot of different interviews that it doesn't matter your size, it doesn't matter if you're a a brawler or if you're a flipper. It doesn't really, it doesn't matter how big you are. If you put butts in seats, that's what Vince cares about. Is Vince not seeing the correlation between ricochet and butts and seats? Or is there something else that maybe we're missing? Did he piss somebody off? Is he getting the treatment? Well, I... to be f- so, so here's the thing Ransom, you and, 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 and Mr. The Bard and I know very well that you have two small children uh, with, with, with a very large and amazing toy box that I would kill to have, you know, when, 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 when I was a kid. Don't lie. Uh, heck, even I'd now. love to have it. 
Even now. I, I was just about to say, I'd love to have it in my living room right now. Uh, uh, <laughs> stocked with all kinds of stuff, like wrestling rings, uh, 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 quality lightsabers, like all kinds of Nerf stuff. There's a, there's, a, there's a Nerf rocket launcher. Like, good quality stuff. So, all that being said, you know, your, your, your kids pick something up that's new, and they're like, oh, I love this, and, and, and this other thing that you bought, you know, for them two years ago, they, 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 they you spent your, 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 your hard-earned money on, sits there uh, and, and, and just collects dust. That is kind of the mentality with Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon sees something new, and he's like, hey, this is great. Two months later, uh, I don't want that anymore. I want this. And, and right now, this is Drew McIntyre. Uh, word on the street is right now, this is, uh, is Keith Lee. Uh, I, I just hope that they're not quickly cast aside as Ricochet and Cedric Alexander are, because that would be a, a, a huge... Cedric. Yes, Cedric. Sorry. Uh, the entertainer. Um, oh. It, w- it, w- it, w- it would be a huge misstep. And and if if you believe what you're, you know, what, what comes out, like, Heyman is very much in the camp of guys like Ricochet, guys like Cedric Alexander, uh, guys like Cesaro... You know, guys that really can build a program from the the ground up and and make stuff look great. You know, Heyman sees the long picture. Heyman sees the long game. Vince doesn't. Vince is a, what can you do for me now? Well, and and that's the problem is that a long time ago, Vince has lost sight of long-term booking. And also the problem is Ricochet... First of all, was brought up way too quick, way too soon. He didn't way have enough soon. of a burn in NXT. And and on top of that, when he got brought up, they added that dumb gunshot noise. Yeah. And, and they turned him into uh, white, white face baby meat. Like, he is the, the most, like, baby face, baby face that's ever baby faced. He's the underdog because he's small. And that's the other thing. McMahon went, you're small, so you're the underdog. But, you know, and he's probably in the back of his mind thinking, it worked for Daniel Bryan, it'll work for Ricochet. You know, like, uh. and, it, and that's the thing, though, is you can, it, when you book someone as an as an underdog, the they have to win eventually or else they're just weak. I see a lot of correlation between Ricochet and... Um... Oh shoot! What was that guy's name in WWE? The the Perfect Ten. Oh, Ty, Ty Dillinger. Dillinger. Yeah, like they. It seemed like they brought him up awful quick, and it seemed like the same thing happened with him. Same you thing know, happened like, with this Bobby Roode. Yeah, this yep. guy could be an underdog. You know, he could. You know, we 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 could get over. You know, by overcoming the odds, and it just it never it never happened, and they just got. They just got lost. The thing that the thing that seems to stick out with me with Ricochet though is that I feel like what you're saying, beef, like those guys that Vince McMahon's like, yeah, this is my new toy, and then ooh, something else shiny over here comes along. I feel like those guys tend to get lost in the shuffle. You know, they get they get put on like the mid card, and they're they're in matches that don't make a whole lot of sense because there's no story to it. It's just this guy's in a match with this guy because tonight. With Ricochet, though, it doesn't seem like it's that. It seems like it's more like getting dumped on as opposed to getting lost in mid-card shuffle or you know, getting lost in the shuffle of new superstars. It, if it, I can, it really 
it really harkens me back to um, the days of the curtain call. You know, when mm. when the curtain call happened, the Heat went to Triple H and they buried him. It's not that he got lost in the mid card. He was punished. He was buried. He was put in nonsensical lost for who knows why. Well, and that was what I was going to mention. A, but that, that seems of, like what's happening with Ricochet. I kind of feel like, like, so at Blood Money, Ricochet lost like in like three minutes. Like Lesnar's entrance literally took longer than the match. <laughs> um, and 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 I feel like either Ricochet said something or somebody said something on Ricochet's behalf to really kind of sour that milk. Because, and and again, I get it, it's WrestleMania season, you want your champions to look, you know, like they're beasts, especially if they've held the belt for over a year, unless they lose to an old man. But uh, anyway, um, you know, you, you want your champions to look strong going into the biggest show of the year. Okay, great. Um... And and maybe a back and forth match with Ricochet was not going to do that. Whatever. Okay, I get it. But I, but I but I I get the feeling because R- Riddick Moss is is a nobody. Um, he's he's from NXT. Uh, with a cup of coffee. Um, he had like two cups of coffee in NXT before getting hurt. Uh, had another half a cup of coffee down there before coming up being crammed in this stupid, like, one-week storyline with Mojo Rawley, where he, you know, basically used Mojo to get the 24-7 title, <clears throat> defended said 24-7 title against Ricochet, and Ricky lost in, like, I don't know, five minutes, like, clean. Like, there's... And, and there there's a video that shows Ricochet walking off the set absolutely heated. Um... I, I, I got to video beef, something was video beef, was he Was he waving before he ripped the tape off, or yes. was he giving a finger? No. No, he, he was waving. He, he was, was waving. He was being oh, like, you know, white, white-faced baby meet Ricochet, smile for the fans, and then as soon as you're off camera, he's taking the, the, the tape off and flinging it off. You know, okay. very visibly upset. I'm hoping that um, either Heyman or, 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 or Triple H gets in his ear real quick and is like, listen, man. It's cyclical. It's going to come back around. Just keep your work rate. Bide your time. You'll be back. We promise. Because somebody has to be in his ear. Because if somebody's not in his ear, then for the next whatever he's booked for, two years, three years, he's going to be a miserable sod. He's not going to get any breaks. And then, you know, he's going to be the next guy that goes to AEW with a, with, with a point to prove. And those guys over in AEW are flourishing, yes, but, you know, it's basically, you know, sports entertainment hell until then. He's going to turn into the late 90s version of Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. with the the bad attitude and the, you know, constant disagreements, you know, constant problems, uh, you know, backstage. Only the big difference there is, You've got Shawn Michaels, who, no disrespect to Ricochet, Ricochet is no Shawn Michaels, and Shawn was the champ. He was the one that was putting the butts in seats. He was the one that was drawing the money, so Vince wasn't going to punish that guy, regardless of the bad attitude. If you're a guy like Ricochet, who Vince already doesn't see dollar signs in, 
if you're going to get a bad attitude and you're not producing for the company, ooh, that's going to be a bad, bad two years for this kid. I and the the thing is, I can understand his his frustration because it and and. I mean, I hate saying this because it's old hat and it's something that's been rehashed over the past couple of years really hard. Man, they're putting such a spotlight on people that are fucking done and over. And who was it? Like, I mean, Cena came out and he cut that promo. I honestly think he cut that promo meaning it. Where he said, if you, you know, I need to step aside I know he was saying, I need to step aside and let the new guys come out and make their way and do all this stuff. I think he was saying that because, you know, he had to do it for the promo and the fiend coming out and everything like that. But it, uh, you, he like, it. I think he was looking in the back and saying, you need to do this. You know what I mean? You need to start building stars and not forcing people to be stars or forcing people on the crowd. You need to just let it happen. You know what I mean? Like, well, and interestingly enough, I've been watching the uh, the Ruthless Aggression series, which is fucking primo, by the way. If you are at all even a little bit of a fan of the Ruthless Aggression era, I, I highly recommend them because they're about thirty to forty-five. I think the Evolution uh, one was about an hour. Um, like that is pretty much where we are now, uh, with the exception of that the 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 big stars, uh, the Austin and the Rock, you know, didn't just leave. You know, they've had these time to develop these stars, and you know, yes, we saw some young guys start to break through. You know, your 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 Roman Reigns, your Seth Rollins, your Dean Ambrose, uh, John Moxley now, obviously. Um, your Bray Wyatt's like these guys are starting to kind of come through the weeds a little bit, but you know, as we've seen now with Moxley, like you know, he's like, "Fuck this, I'm out. I don't want no part of this." Now we've seen Matt Hardy say, "Thanks for the thanks for the chance. Fuck this, I'm out." Like you're seeing guys that are going, "I don't like what you're doing with me creatively. I know." that I have better greener pastures elsewhere, even if it's just on my own damn YouTube channel until I can, you know, make a dime for myself. You know, so I, I, I really believe, so and the, the, uh, the, the, the crux of it all is that, you know, in, in the ruthless aggression era, Vince basically set, came out and said, and, and you know, I, 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 I guess some of this was a little bit kind of, uh, you know, um, uh, um, uh, glorified, I guess, in, in the first episode, but basically, WWE has got it. They lost their two biggest stars, The Rock and Austin. Vince came out and said, hey, somebody step up. Somebody absolutely grab this chance. And uh, guys like Cena, Batista, Orton, um, you know, Lesnar took that chance. Now these guys, like Ricochet, like Cedric Alexander, like Cesaro, uh, and, and I fear, like Keith Lee, like Adam Cole, whenever they hit the, the, the main stage, man, like, they're not going to be given that fair shake because they're still trying to get the last quote-unquote new generation over while still placating to the old men that are still around, like Lesnar, like Goldberg. Yeah, this the, the WrestleMania season is a exciting season, uh, you know, in the professional wrestling slash sports entertainment uh, world. But at the same time, you know what you're going to see. 
uh, and I know why you're going to see it, because dollar signs. You're going to see WWE bring out the old guns. I mean, how many times have we seen WrestleManias where, again, I'm not saying anything negative against some of these people because they're some of the greats. The Rock shows up at Mania. Stone Cold, Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels. You know, good for Bret Hart for not not giving into that and saying, yeah, I'm going to show up at WrestleMania just to come out and say, hey, Bret Hart's here. You know, big, big crowds here and, and dollar signs. But there's a lot of focus on the old guys come WrestleMania season. And I know why, like I said, money. But I feel like WrestleMania is your time as a company to show the world this is our biggest event, and these are our biggest stars. Not stars of the past, stars of the present and the future that we're building. Show them off. All the hard work that they've done all year long to get to the biggest event. Show them off. But they, they seem to get pushed aside for the wrestlers of the past. And it's happened for so long. Even back when Punk was champion. You know, he got pushed aside for The Rock. It seems like a We're disservice. We're talking 10 years. Yeah, 10, 10 years of part-timers, man. It's it, it's yeah. crazy to think that. But, I mean, it's it, literally been since about WrestleMania 26, 27, 28. Starting it, that, you know, so it's almost 10 years. It's been riding high on the whole, um, the whole nostalgia factor. I mean, they've been... It, it literally has been they, – they've been leaning on the crutch of nostalgia for so long. But to be fair, we're not doing a really good job of stopping that because how many times when you hear that glass break do you pop? Sure. I and mean, every single time these guys come out on these WrestleManias for this one night, every single one of these guys has a new shirt or a new hat or a new something or other. That that very night, it's on the website, and people are buying it up. Ooh, a new yep. Stone Cold shirt, a new The Rock shirt, a new John Cena hat, wristband, shirt, towel, whatever. People are going to buy that up. Yep. And that, that doesn't help WWE say, thank you for your service. We appreciate it. But we're going to focus on the people that we have now. Because we as the fans, like you said, Poot, we gobble it up. What? Why don't they do more stuff? Along the lines of what, like, say, uh, Arn Anderson is doing in AEW. Or, uh, recently returned last night, Jake the Snake. Yeah, man. Uh, oh. Going to be a mouthpiece for either Brody Lee or Lance Archer or somebody altogether new. But, yeah, Bro like, put put a, a bona fide legend in the corner, or even what Ric Flair did before Evolution with Triple H. Put a bona fide man, a bona fide legend, in the corner of these guys. Uh, even Tully Blanchard, you know, to his credit. You know, have, because these guys are name stars. If you bring Austin out and you put him in the corner of Drew McIntyre, for example, fucking McIntyre's a made man. And, and Austin's probably not, pro probably not the best example because he's very, like, anti-authority and that whole thing. But you, you, you're you're 100% right, Poot. You're 100% right. There, there's got to be a better way. I, I don't. I think that would need to be on a longer level than a one night thing. Yes. Because if you bring out these guys and put them in the corner of a wrestler who's wrestling, 
for one night, the focus is still going to be on them. So like a Stone Cold or The Rock or, you know, name your past superstar legend comes out for that one night to be in that person's corner. Their entrance is going to have a bigger pop. Anything they do ringside is going to have a bigger pop. It's going to take focus away from the people that you want your focus on, which are the stars in the ring. Now, if you had a longer program, like you said, Beef, where every Raw or SmackDown or every random pay-per-view, this guy's coming out and he's the the manager or whatever you want to call them, like the Ric Flair was to Triple H. That works. I think that works better. But the downside to that is, at this day and age, you're probably going to get the mid to high, the, the, the medium high caliber legend because Stone Cold's not going to come back and be on the road and show up at Raw's. The Rock's not going to do that. They've got their own stuff going on. HBK's not going to do that. Brett doesn't care, you know, about WWE. So he's not going to do that. So you're going to get the, 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 the medium high guys coming back that I don't know if it's going to have that much of an impact. Jake's a legend, yes, but you bring back Jake the Snake Roberts to be a Ric Flair like he was to Triple H, it just doesn't oh have that God, impact. Yes. Oh, you're kidding me, man. Jake the Snake was, like, to me, a dude who got ring psychology before ring psychology was really a thing to be gotten. He did. Like, he was very, very smart. You and know, he's but super I don't, good on bike, too. I like to you know, me, he's... Jake. Uh, yes, he, you know he, he was never world champion, and he's probably not on many people's Mount Rushmores. But he's a solid dude, like like Arn Anderson, for example. Well, let me let me just turn here, Jake Roberts. Those are the one matches we talked earlier about going back and watching those old matches. Jake Roberts matches are so interesting and fun yep. to watch because his. Like you said, his ring psychology, like, you know, being ahead of his time and on the mic saying the way he spoke and what he said, it was ominous and it was clear that he wasn't just some like oaf with a snake in a bag. You know, it, everything was calculated and everything was for a purpose. And to have there's there's guys nowadays who regularly say that Jake Roberts is the best person on the mic. Uh, mm-hmm. Like one, he did, he, or he's at least in the conversation of the best of all times. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm not taking anything away from Jake. He cut a great promo, but the guys that you want to be like the legends that you want to be putting with these new guys, as the as the Ric Flair to Triple H's, those are like the those are the heaters. Those are the guys that need to get on the mic and be the heaters. Jake, while he was great on the mic, I don't think he's a good fit for this role because Jake was always very. He was quiet on the mic, and he was methodical on the mic. I, I I don't feel like that fits this type of role. A Ric Flair, yes, that fits this type of role. A JBL, you know, he's a he's a heater on the mic. I feel like he fits that role. That's like to me, that's like when Undertaker retires from in ring action, you put the Undertaker with a with a guy to come out and be that mic guy. You know, the Undertaker character, when he was on the mic, aside from the American Badass, he was quiet, he was methodical, and a wonderful promo for that character. But I don't think that that transitions well into a, a heater 
you know, for a guy. You, you bring back a JBL and put him in someone's corner on a regular basis, yeah, you're going to get a lot of good impact from that. Did you watch the promo that Jake cut on? You probably haven't seen it. The one that, the, that Jake basically cut on Cody on Wednesday night last night? No, huh? Uh, it was it was very good. Uh, I and and I hear what you're saying about the whole heater thing. You're you're 100 right. Uh, managers do need to be like hype men, but that's that's a good uh, one. Hype men, yes. Honestly, I think in the right program, managers can be more than just a hype man. Like Paul Heyman is the best example. He's an awesome hype man. He's a dude who knows how to rile up the crowd, who knows how to talk up his 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 confidants, who knows how to sling his shit like it don't stink. But um you know, there 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 are people out there, there are managers, there have been managers, uh, a classy Freddie Blassie, for example, he wasn't so much of a heater but he's widely regarded as one of the best managers of all time because it's a different style. And, and yeah, that's, you know, kind of, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, how things are kind of cyclical, you know, managers can be way more than just, you know, your, your, your arm candy of Selena Vega or your, um, you know, your, your rah-rah promos of Paul Heyman. I, I think that there are many different roles that managers, uh, cornermen, can achieve for their wards, uh, and 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 I and I think honestly I'm I'm pretty stoked uh, if it, it is in fact Brody Lee that Jake is is um, is championing for, and, and I'm not convinced that it is. It could be Lance Archer too. I, I'd be okay with either one. It, it's going to be an interesting uh, um, um, dichotomy, I, I think. Hey, speaking of Jake showing up, um, you know, cutting that Cody on, cut, cut that Cody mother. Uh, cut that promo on Cody. Um, you know, let, let's talk about some uh, some AEW and some uh, and some NXT from last night. I didn't I didn't catch the shows. I caught some of the results and reviews, but uh, you watched it, right, Beef? Um, yeah, I mean, they were you know NXT and and, and AEW have been solid like enjoyable programs for the last five months, pretty much since October, since they both debuted. Um and 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 they kind of go back and forth which which with with which one I think was the better show. I typically watch AEW live uh, and then uh, catch uh, I watch NXT right after. Um now next week I might watch NXT live because it's got, you know, two title matches on it. But um like NXT to me, last night, I think NXT had a bigger uh, show. Um, yes, you had Jake's return on um, on uh, uh, Dynamite. Yes, you had Moxley and Jericho wrestle in the main event on Dynamite in a tag team match. But you know, to me, like the like you have two steel cage matches on a card, you're gonna have a good, a solid night. And and I think that both cage matches were done really well uh, and and very differently. Enough to be enjoyable by two different, you know, uh, fan bases more or less. Um, the uh, the tag match with uh, UE and uh, uh, Oni Lurkin and um, the, the the governor was really good. And um, who was it? Um, Austin Theory and Swerve was really really good too. So. 
Um, yeah, to me, to me, NXT got the crown, the, the crown last night, but they they were both really great shows. I, how about uh, how about Revolution? Yeah. <laughs> um, Did you uh, watch there, it? Um, I caught some highlights. Um, I didn't. Oh. I didn't have time, dude. I was running all. I've been running all over creation, and this is the oh, month of sure. gigs for Hellbent. So, I I, I mean, just haven't had a, time. Put a put a pin in it because I guarantee you, if <laughs> sit down and watch that instead of Elimination Chamber uh, on Sunday night, uh, you're 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 gonna be better off. Uh, I mean, there wasn't a bad match on the card. Uh, the 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 Sammy Guevara Darby Allen match was very 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 good. It was short, but it had a lot of great high spots. Um, the Bucks versus Omega and Hangman was probably the match of the year. Uh, I've I've been teetering on it with uh, that and uh, Lee and Dijakovic and uh, the um, Hangman and Omega versus uh, the Lucha Brothers, like. All three matches were, were, were very good, but it, it just felt like the Bucks versus Omega and Hagman was so, so hot, more high, more highly rated, I think, than, than, than the other two. So, I, you know, it, it was incredible. And then you had um, the, the, the MJF versus Cody thing, which was outstanding. I... Uh, a, I can't. Be- I can't believe. Well, I can believe actually, because they're going to carry this feud. I. I mean, it's going to be just like this, you know, loose end that can always kind of be there. Yeah. MJ, like MJF, is a fu- a fucking treasure. Like him flipping off that kid at that signing. I. I'm sorry. Like I know that's a very controversial topic. No, it's, it's not. It's like. <sighs> For I mean, for people who are parents and people who are sensitive, but like MJF, he if anyone can bring back kayfabe, it is that man. He's an old school heel. Oh God, mm-hmm. for certain. Anyway. Which is why it it really makes me scratch my head to what and and I, I guess to, to to kind of feed in this whole Cody program, but like when they brought MJF in, he was just like the smarmy heel. And then they had him be kind of like Cody's corner man, but was still like a heel in his matches. It was really weird. Uh, and then, you know, obviously the betrayal of Cody. It kind of makes me think that there was kind of time lost. And, and I get what they're going for, you know, kind of putting some some history there between Cody and MJF. But, I mean, sometimes you just got to pull that trigger. But, I mean, even still, it, it was worth the wait. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you said, you said it, Poot. It, it's... It's it's basically going to be kind of that loose thread there. That's because because it seems like to me anyway that they're kind of heading in different directions. Uh, MJF was talking about the people that he was calling out uh, about how he wanted to be the champion. So that's definitely foreshadowing for probably maybe not double or nothing, but maybe all out. But um, Cody obviously I think is going to be in this program with uh, Jake's man, whoever that's going to be, which is going to be a solid. Debut for somebody. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna Still. say. Man, Brody Lee would be really cool, but I feel like Brody Lee would be better utilized somewhere else. I think Lance Archer, just because of his bon vivant, would fit so well with Jake. See, I saw that Lance Archer posted something on Twitter uh, or Instagram or something the other day uh, called "Killing the Elite." It was like the uh, the being the elite logo. Yeah. Except for it was like outlined in red with a big red K on it. Like 
Lance Archer can do Lance Archer just by showing up and just by putting motherfuckers down. Yeah. So, like, you know, I cannot speak highly enough of how New Japan has treated Lance Archer in the last year to make him a bona fide superstar. But one, the way that he was just mowing down people and, and the people that he was mowing down... Like, New Japan did him a lot of favors for him just to go, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and go back to America, see you guys later, which I'm sure they're probably not happy about, but it is what it is. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I think I think Brody Lee makes sense because Brody Lee is not known for his promos. He's known for his uh, eclectic style. Uh, and and his his the the fact that he's a big guy who can move. I think that Brody Brody and, and Cody could really go, um, and, and and I think that Archer would 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 do good by himself. I think. I think that that Jake would make a good. Well, I don't know what you call it, sidekick, heater, manager, mouthpiece, whatever. Like I think that that pairing with Jake and Brody Lee would make a whole lot of sense. Because they're the same, they're the the the, the same kind of archetypes, a hundred percent. Pretty much, uh, yeah. Like I think the the quiet, methodical mic work of Jake would really suit, you know, Brody Lee's look and mannerisms. Uh, you know, I think they could complement each other very well. And give him some time under the learning tree, because that's what managers should be doing. Uh, and again, Heyman and Lesnar are are, are a special relationship. Um, but it's very clear that, like, Lesnar was never, like, taking notes from Heyman. He was never trying to be a better talker. He knew right. that Heyman would be his guy, and that was that. Uh, but what a manager should be in and out of the ring is kind of like, you know, a, a mentor, a, a guy to kind of guide you through it. Um, you know, in, in my estimation, Ric Flair made Triple H a better wrestler, uh, a better promo, just by being at his side. But I think that you know, if you look at the, the the Golden Shovel years of Triple H, which are not remembered fondly by anybody, but, like, that took a guy who was wearing jean jackets and leather jackets and coming out to Motorhead, and then he started wearing fucking suits and, like, straightening his hair and, like, coming out very much like, you know, the nature boy. I love so, the Triple H the hair straightened Triple H when he would come out with Flair. Yeah. Oh, I loved that. So, like, it it, it showed that, 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 that Nature Boy really evolved Triple H into what I think was probably one of my favorite versions of Triple H, even though, you know, again, hindsight being 2020, obviously, because none of us was happy. None of us were happy whenever he was, ro you know, rolling roughshod over Raw for, like, five years. But, um... Looking back on it, it made sense. Right. 100%. Um, because, and then you know mm -hmm. you you wanted someone to beat him when he had that feud with Orton. He wanted Orton to win so bad, so bad, and you were so pissed every time the match would end with pedigree one two three. You were so mad. I mean, you, it drew legitimate heat through the television. Yep. And then uh, one one last note about uh, um, Revolution. Which, initially I said, wasn't as good as Full Gear. I might 
eat my words on that a little bit. I don't know. Like I, to me, the thing that put full gear over the top was the Omega uh, Moxley match because of its like absolute like craziness, which I'm you know uh, uh, well documented to be kind of a fan of like a high. So like that to me kind of puts it above. But I mean, technically, Revolution was a you know technical better show. I think. But uh, Moxley versus Jericho in the main event was everything that it needed to be. Um, it was Jericho finally getting his comeuppance. It was, you know, Moxley getting the better of Jericho at his own game, outsmarting Jericho. It was Moxley defying, you know, de- defying the odds. Uh, and-, and it was Moxley cutting a-, a motherfucker on the mic right after he won the title. So it's everything that you expected it to be and then some. Uh, so, I mean, kudos to, to AEW for really putting on a great pay-per-view. Um, they, uh, by the way, the initial reports show that, uh, buys are up 10%. Uh, and while that may sound like a small number, um, you know, growth is growth. And, and that's exactly what they need to be doing. So the fact that their pay-per-view revenues are going up with this pay-per-view is a good sign for everybody. Oh, for certain, for certain. Um, look, before we move on, I, I want to in the in the, the arena of you know managers and and you know heater guys, whatever you want to call them. One guy who I wish was still around, who I think today would make one hell of a great manager, both on screen and to be able to help the talent, you know, evolve their character and get better, is Kurt Henning. I think if Kurt Henning were still alive today, he could come out and do amazing things on the mic, and he's one of those people that would really be able to help a young guy hone his craft. Like his son. I uh, don't want to talk about that abysmal abomination of a character that, that they did with that. You, you, I get it. He wanted to be his own guy. Like I've listened to interviews, but damn it all, he should have just been the son of Mr. Perfect. He didn't have to have the gimmick. He didn't have to have the perfect plex. But, I mean, look at Cody. Cody is the son of the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. And he capitalized on that. He capitalized on his father's fame, but was his own character. And I feel like they really should have gone that route with with young Kurt Henning. I... I, I think it's hard for any second generation superstar um, because it, I, I mean, you have to live up, you have to live up to your, your father or, you know, or mother or whoever, like you have to live up to their expectations and you're not them. And when people realize, Hey, you're not them. They, they have a hard time getting behind you. And the other thing is too, I can understand him not wanting to just be, the son of Mr. Perfect and do the perfect gimmick. Um, no, I'm not saying he should have. He should not have done that. Well, but he no. still should have been Curtis Axel. Yeah, yeah, Curtis Axel. The um, you know, yeah, oh yeah. Like uh, it, it, it's, it's just sad. There was, and and I mean, like you see him work. He's not bad in the ring. No, no he's good. He's, he's, he's good he's, in the ring. He's, he just needs a break. Honestly, he just needs a break. Um, Is he still important in WWE? Yeah, him and him and Bo Dallas are still the B team, as far as I know. Oh, man. Yeah, they're working yeah. working the house show circuit. 
Um, that's my a, friends, that's a big bummer. My friends went and saw um, the one at the BJC, uh, Bryce Jordan Center for people who are not in the know. Um, and uh, they said, like, normally people talk about house shows like they're a blast because, you know, the wrestlers can kind of loosen up and do what they want. Um, and they said it was really kind of boring and disjointed and like, you know, that it was like a lot of people that you, you go like, Oh yeah, they're still employed by WWE. Huh? Like it was a lot of that, mm-hmm. which, which was sad. Drew McIntyre was there, but I mean, I look at, I look at Curtis Axel as one of those guys where, you know, he, he's good in the ring. So it's not like he's a, he's not, it's not like he's a stinker. It's not like he's a David Otunga, which is just oh. an ab- abortion to watch in the ring. You know, he's got ring skill. And I, I just have, I just have that feeling of, you know, the second and third generation superstars that they capitalized on, but they didn't, they didn't have their, their parents gimmick. They had their lineage and they capitalized on that lineage. You know, I look at Cody Rhodes, um, the rock randy orton you know these guys are second third generation guys and they didn't have their parents gimmick they tried with the rock you know they tried to have him come out wearing the uh the samoan garb and being you know this this white white the, face baby meat the thing that the thing that looked like a sonic the hedgehog level yeah oh, Lord. you know they they had him come out with that and that flopped big time because they were trying to make him the the next High Chief Peter Maivia. It wasn't until he was able to capitalize on being the rock, but they always referred back to that lineage. They always referred back to Rocky Johnson and High Chief Peter Maivia. So if if, I think if they would have just done that with Curtis Axel, Curtis Axel, oh, I hate that name. You know, maybe maybe things would have been different. I really like. I really like what 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 they were doing, like doing, doing, doing. Right after uh, he came in, he beat somebody for the Intercontinental title. Did he just say doing? Doing. Doing. <laughs> doing. Uh, he, he beat somebody for the Intercontinental title, and, 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 and who it was escapes me. Uh, it, may, may, it may have been Ryback. But, uh, or no, Ryback wasn't champion then. Anyway, uh, my point is that him and, like, Cesaro were, like, in kind of a stable with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. They were Heyman guys. And 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 they just pulled the plug on it. So like Cesaro went to do his tag thing with um, Tyson Kidd, and uh, Axel kind of floundered about for well, he's still floundering. So I mean, but I mean to me that that is the point of a stable. And and the old man, uh, Mister the uh, the old man McMahon, uh, is not a fan of stables. It's 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 very very apparent um if you watch I mean, triple h now, even said so on that ruthless yeah, aggression dvd that sure he did. had to push for evolution because vince doesn't like stables yep so like i i get it but i mean like that is what you that's what you want for a stable you want a guy who's going to be at the top you want a guy who is there now and you want a guy who's going to be the future like to me that's lesnar cesaro and axel to a t and like I like that Axel had like a um uh like his his, his Titan Tron set better than perfect and it had yes. like a um a remix of the perfect music. Like it was what he was doing was good. 
and and they just pull the plug on everything so fast, like they always do. And that's just it's it's that's that's the McMahon booking. Ricochet. Twenty, you know, ricochet. yeah, Ricochet, you know, Cedric Alexander. Uh, who who else in the past year? Uh, I mean, the Fiend. If 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 you and we've we've you know we talked about this over and over again. But I mean, the Fiend. If you want to be honest, they they pushed him for a year. They gave him a pretty stellar title reign. Only to have him lose, you know, five minutes into a match after what three spears and a, and a slop hammer, like mm-hmm. you well, look at you look have... at guys that came from NXT though, the the same thing happened to them. Look at Bobby Roode; he was on top yeah. of the world when he came from NXT, and then nothing. Look at Shinsuke. Shinsuke, yep. You know Asuka. another one. Yeah, and I mean they're, we... they're not thinking of the long game; they're thinking of the here and now. Well, they Vince. And... And, and and we have to be careful because obviously Shinsuke is in a title program. Oscar's a champion, so like it's not like they're bottom feeders on Raw. I get it. I so like I I understand that you know they're not being buried like Ricochet is because that's like, I, I want to make a very clear distinction that what's happening with Ricochet is 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 one hundred percent a burial. It's the same thing that happened with Cedric Alexander. It's the it's the same thing that happened basically with Cardex Axel. And you know, what's next? They're gonna be off TV. Even even Bobby Roode's in a title program. So like, you know, it's it's Yeah, but see the difference between to watch. the difference between Ricochet and Bobby Roode is that to be fair, Bobby Roode the man's He's still in great shape and he can still go, but he's at the end of his career. He's getting towards the twilight of his career. Okay, he's had a career. He's exactly. had a career. He's had a hell of a career. But Ricochet is what twenty? No, he's older. He's twenty eight. Probably twenty six. Yeah, I would yeah. say twenty six. Twenty seven. That's still relatively young comparatively. So he's got time. I say, pull a Balor, put him back. Put him back in in NXT. Thirty one, actually, which is surprising. Wow. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think he was that old. Hey, that's that's one, uh, by that's the way, one old butthole. What? Oh, that's so uh, gross. Uh, speaking of gross, uh, we are joined by our illustrious former 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 cruiserweight champion. That would be the tiger of the of the bombs of the toms. Tom. Well, well done. Was, no so. Um, there it was. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Know, John Cena, you can't steal that gimmick. Hey, listen, since Tom is here. I can do what do... I want. I'm the sponsor. You know, you, we don't get anything from you. Um, since about, Tom is here. How about merchandise and uh, exposure? Yep. Oh, someone is yeah. salty. Someone's coming I in hot. I haven't seen Before the we... go up. This ain't no AEW. Yeah. We have picks that we have to do tonight. Uh, for Before we do what? that. Yeah, the elimination before we do table, that, I, right? Yes, but before we do that, I want, I want to do one more quick topic, and then I have something for that after, after the picks, too. But, real quick, so speaking of ages of guys, uh, we're, we're talking about how Ricochet still has a chance, uh, even though he's mid or early 30s, he still has a chance. If, you know, again, I'm going to harken back to this ruthless, the, the ruthless aggression stuff, because that's aggression, what I'm watching. Aggression, aggression. Ruthless aggression. Um... <laughs> They talk about the young guys, you know, 20, 23, 22, you know, coming up and, and, and really kind of grabbing WWE by the balls. Mercy, you mercy. know, they WWE, aside of the shield, has not built 
a new star on their own probably since that crop of kids who are now, you know, the, the, the veterans or, you know, literally part-timers now. Uh, are three, Three-fourths of them are part-timers. Uh, so, you know, but you, if you look on the other side of the aisle at AEW, they have young guys to spare. They have Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara, both of who I think are 22. Um, they have um, Jack uh, Jungle Boy or, or, or Jungle Jack Perry as uh, Jim Ross is going to fucking brand him. Fuck oh, JR. Pete's sake, um, Jim. He's like 19 or 20. And then uh, you have Maxwell Jacob 21. Friedman, who's like 20, 20. Okay. And then you have Maxwell Jacob Friedman, uh, MJF, who's 23. So you have a crop of super young, super talented guys that I think could be the core of AEW, you know, that we could be talking about for the next the, 10 plus years. The C-O-R-R-E? No, no, no never. I'll be so, end of days. I think it's interesting that, you know, this is going on while, while WWE is producing this ruthless aggression program because there is an interesting dichotomy because WWE cannot really build new stars anymore. They're just having trouble with it. Uh, and, and AEW is just flourishing in that. So that's uh, that's just something I kind of want to bring up. You guys can talk about it if you want to, but but I thought that was something neat that I thought of. So I, I, I want to say one thing on that, Beef. Do you think that WWE cannot build new stars or Vince McMahon can't build new stars Vince. because it looks an awful lot like Triple H is doing a marvelous job well, with his NXT program of building new stars. These quote-unquote new stars that he's building mm -hmm. are guys like Ricochet, who have had a stellar career outside of WWE, Adam Cole, Red Dragon, Roddy Strong, Keith Lee, uh, even Dijakovic to, uh, to, to an extent, Kushida, um... Uh, uh, Matt Riddle, I guess, is kind of a, a, a new built prospect, but Pete Dunne, like, these people, the women of NXT are basically kind of built, and, and actually even now, they're bringing people in, uh, like, like Shotzi Blackheart, well, um, for example. You had mentioned like, Matt Riddle. He had he had work in Evolve. Um, same with us. Very. Because uh, there, was, there was a stable that they were part of, the Catches Can, I can't remember what the hell it was called. Right. But, but yeah. you know, they're they're not really building these stars. They're taking what they do, and they're they're seeing these videos of them in Evolve, in Row, in New Japan, and they're going, "Holy shit, we got to get this guy!" And Triple H is not a dummy. Triple H says, "Hey man, you're working just fine. You do what you've been doing for the last five, ten years. We'll make you a star." So I don't even think that they're making these stars. They're just giving them a platform. Ooh, that's a fair point that I really didn't think about. Hmm. Poot, care to chime in? Or Tom? I, I was going to let Tom have the floor because he just showed up. No, I'm good. Um, I'm, I was just waiting for picks. Hey, do we have... Uh, ooh, the, the mind went blank. Speaking of old... <laughs> Man, this show needs some younger talent because I can't. I can't do brain. <laughs> we keep leaning brain on anymore. the legacy of Beef the who, Legend. Who is the yeah, right? one here? <laughs> who is um, the youngest of us? Poot. Uh, that uh, comes down between you and Poot. I'm 34, going to be 35 in April. 
I'm 35, going to be 36 in September. I'm the Damn, young son. Yo, I'm the young buck here. Uh, well, in in number, I suppose. Oh, that's true. Um, if you analyze hey, backs and to... knees, I'm yeah, old as fuck. Backs and knees. Pause and say, yeah. If we're talking, if we're talking overall, you know, health of body, I I'm, somehow I, I I don't know how the fuck I got you guys beat, but I do. So. Oh, I don't, oh, yeah. I don't yeah, know how I got so No, I'm saying I I don't know how because I fucking destroyed my body in the Marine Corps. That is so. absolutely true. Um, hey, I've got uh, I've got a hot tag trivia. I don't know if we're doing that, but I do have a question. Yeah, we can if do. We want to do that I have, real quick, and then we can get the picks. I have nothing prepared for hot tag, so skip me. <laughs> Same, skip the witches for me. All right. All right. Well, then, me and Ransom, me. you and I, let's go. Okay, hold on. I gotta get my uh, I gotta get my uh, my note here. Put your, put your put your bifocals on. Yeah, right. I gotta get my. Oh. oh. Okay. In 1991, in San Antonio, Texas, in a bar in San Antonio, Texas, wrestlers drinking, having a good time, Vince McMahon shows up. Two tag teams in this bar, in the bar, gave Vince McMahon their finisher. Who were those two teams? What year was it? 1991. 91. I know this. Oh, my God. I know, I know one of them at least. Did I drop off, or are you? Sorry, just I'm, I'm, oh, you're thinking. Yeah, no, no, I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to process uh, 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 times. Uh, so that would have been uh, uh, twenty-one years ago. So, do do do. Okay. Um, nope, that's bad math. 31 years ago. Um, boy, whoo-hoo. Bad math. Okay. All good. All good. It's, it's, it's fine. It's it's, it's getting late in the hour. My brain's shutting off. Um, I'm a legend. Let's do it. I know, right? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. Give me a second. So that's like WrestleMania, like, six? Five, six? Yeah. So who's, that's, that's what my mind goes to, is who the big stars. Um... God, I don't even know, man. Uh, I, I'm. I'm gonna say. Fuck. Uh, oh, what a rush! I don't even know, man. Um, I like maybe demolition and LOD. I don't know. You got one. I was gonna say I know which one he got because he gave the most obvious. Gave me a clue, right? Exactly. I I was trying to give you a hint. I I gave you two. I don't know if you picked up on the second one. Oh shit! I know the other one. I did not. The first one I gave you. You want me to throw the other one out? I do. The Heart Foundation. That is correct. Really? And I'll tell you how I know this story because in your spare time, if you go back and you watch these, you know, old WrestleManias and old pay per views and that i go back and i watch interviews and things like hall of fame speeches and bret hart told this story in his hall of fame speech where lod gave vince their doomsday device finisher and uh brett said that anvil was stroking his beard and looked over at brett and said heart foundation would have done it and uh in his hall of fame speech brett said I turned and looked at Owen and said, I got to get out of here. And before he knew it, uh, 
Nineheart had Vince up in the bear hug, and Brett said he went for it and just took Vince's head off. That's awesome. Yeah. That's 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 fantastic. I'm I'm honestly surprised you could sit through a Bret Hart Hall of Fame speech, man. I tell you, that what... was the one where he got tackled, right? No, no, no. that was no, the his one, first. The... That was his individual Hall of Fame speech. The one where he got tackled was oh, the was were, the Hart were, Foundation was they the were, actual they were oddly enough. Yeah, they were inducting the Hart Foundation because him and Natalia were up on the stage. That was just recently. I and Oddly I can also understand Hart Foundation one. I can't understand why you know uh, Bret Hart's you know sitting through his speech would be a chore because it would probably be overrated in the right place at the right time and also uh, boring and long. I gotta tell you, and again, get the get the defibrillator out because Biggest Hart's gonna stop. I was thoroughly entertained with Bret Hart's Hall of Fame, his his single singles Hall of Fame induction speech. Oh yeah, he he spoke very well. He wasn't, you know, angry whiny. Bret, you know, he had all positive things to say. It was it was very very good. He was very welcoming. <laughs> yeah, you, Dad. he's that's that's yeah, man. Like Bret. When when Brett wants to be, he is very giving to the business, which I think a lot of people lack. Like Austin and The Rock, as much as we love them in their heyday, they haven't really done shit for the business outside of come back for a couple of big paydays. Uh, same with Hogan, really. I mean, like the most that Hogan and The Rock did within the last decade, two decades, three decades, was... Uh, well, not three decades, but the last couple, you know, since they've left pretty much is, is put Lesnar. Like, other than that, I mean, they, you know, those who have done the business. You are cutting out like crazy, really... cowboy. Yeah, you are. Yeehaw. Cowboy. Well, it's exciting. Is that the phasers to um, <laughs> But uh, my point is, my, my point is, is, that, is that those guys aren't really giving back like they should be, which is disappointing. Well, so, to be fair, well, to be fair, Hogan was blacklisted there for a while because you know he's dropping end bombs from yes. like twenty years ago or, or twelve years ago, or however long ago it was, and they didn't like that. But you know, it's okay if Snooka kills a guy, so whatever. Yeah, right. Well, that's fine. Don't Ooh, worry about that. It's... Make sure, <laughs> make sure his daughter has a spot in the Women's Royal Rumble to take a spot from somebody who deserves it. Anyway, yeah, so uh, <laughs> ransom. All right, move this along. Yeah, we are moving right along. It's WrestleMania trivia time, uh, officially. Yeah. So we know the uh, the streak and uh, uh, the Undertaker and that whole that whole that whole story. But there was another streak that ended at a WrestleMania in the past. It was an undefeated streak, as in a person had not been beaten in WWE or WWF. I want you to tell me who was the one who lost his undefeated streak at WrestleMania, what WrestleMania it was, and to whom he lost the streak to. I have no idea. I'll give you a hint. We talked about him earlier in the show. Was it Jake? It was not Jake. Oh. Uh, Dusty Rhodes. No. Got nothing. And either... Either you two other uh, other morons want to type chime in? Trip, trip, trip. Hard pass. Hard pass. Um, 
Who can usually pull these things out? T.L. Hopper. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, uh, nah, dude, I'm going to pass on this one because, yeah, I'm going to pass on this one. What year was it? What year was the streak broken? Uh, it was WrestleMania 6, uh, so 1990. Nope, nothing. I got nothing. I have no idea. It was Mr. Perfect. Damn, son. Mr. Perfect was undefeated in WWF until that fateful day on April the 1st of 1990 when he lost to that famous up-and-comer, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Oh, well. What a waste. Right? Had to make sure you put over Hogan's buddy. Oh, jeez. Stupid <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Just imagine what it would would have been like if the internet and the internet wrestling community was around for Hogan's range and, like, Hogan's buddies getting over. Like, oh, my God. Like, dumpsters would have been on fire everywhere. It would have been, it would have been great. Look, I don't think that Hogan would have been Hulk Hogan. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't think Hulk Hogan would have been Hulk Hogan if the internet had been around at that point. Because, honestly, if you look back at Hulk Hogan... He, he had good mic skills, but his in-ring work was marginal at best. I I, being, I don't think, yeah, I mean, that's, that's be, being general. You're being awfully nice, yeah. You know, people, people put Hulk Hogan up on this, up on this pedestal. And yeah, he did a lot for the business of uh, professional wrestling, sports entertainment, whatever, you know, by making it popular and things like that. But I, I I don't hold Hulk Hogan up on that pedestal of legends when you compare some of these other guys. Um, I just, I don't see it in him. I, I don't see what the big deal is with Hulk Hogan. Well, and, 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 and you know, again, cyclical, it, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, how the business has evolved and, and, and the sport has evolved uh, and, and become... You know, if 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 you would put something like, I don't know, uh, uh, Darby Allen versus um, Sammy Guevara, and you know, go back, hop in the DeLorean, take it back to 1965, and have those guys in like those like you know VFWs or whatever sitting there smoking their cigars, watching the watching the big dudes in the ring just kind of maud each other. If you would have them watch that, they'd have pissed all over. They'd have told you it was the worst thing that they'd ever seen in their life. They would have fucking hated it. Well, so, so, I was gonna say, look at look at the shit that like Jeff Hardy and Edge and Christian and the Dudleys and shit did. Like, you know, whenever they were in the WWE with all the TLC stuff, and like how everything evolved from there. Like everybody, like when everybody saw Jeff Hardy do stuff, it was like, oh, oh my god, common practice. So it's just one of those things, like you said, it's it's an evolution of the business. The times change, but for the the time when he was around, you know, Hogan was that big deal. But yeah, man, he 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 put the company on the on 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 the on on the map. He put the company yeah. and he made it a big, a big thing. Like that's everybody, every fucking buddy knows Hulk Hogan. Most people know The Rock. Most people know Stone Cold. But everybody, most people know Cena. Most people know Cena, but everybody knows Hulk Hogan because he took. What was him and Vince took what was this like very 
selective thing that like you know again these 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 old men and these old men these clubs would take their kids to watch you know whatever and and it, Main, he, mainstream exactly it, it it popped it blew up so yeah hogan is not a technician but yeah. he like to me Hogan is the guy. Hogan's the guy that I look at and go, he's got it. You know, The Rock, he's got it. Shawn Michaels, he's got it. Adam Cole, he has got it. Yes, Cole and and Michaels are a, a different breed because they are technically sound. But I mean, like they they just have something that you can't put into words. I think for me, it also it when I look at Hulk, like I look at those guys that you mentioned. And they have done more to elevate the business and help the business than I feel Hulk Hogan did. Because Hulk Hogan, for what he did for the early WWF, he, in my opinion, has done as much to help the business as he has to hurt the business. You go back and you look at the steroid, the steroid issue. He testified against Vince McMahon and WWF. So he was hurting the business when he did that. He wasn't just hurting Vince McMahon and WWF. He was hurting the business of professional wrestling when he did something like that. The, the, all, for all the good things that Hulk Hogan did, and yes, the NWO was revolutionary, but look at what Hulk Hogan did in WCW to hurt the business. Mm-hmm. You know, the finger poke of doom. I, I, I attribute the finger poke of doom to being the death rattle of WCW. It did not recover from that, regardless of how well WWE was doing. Hulk Hogan hurt that business a lot, you know. And if Hulk Hogan was this this guy who was just, you know, bigger than life, WCW wouldn't have went under. That they had some big guys over there, you know. And you 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 look at the names that they had when they went under. They had Hogan. They had. Easy Tom Goldberg, you know those. You look at them like, oh, those are. Look at the WWE is still doing it now with Goldberg. He's a star. He's a megastar. Blah blah blah. WCW went under when they had these megastars. So I don't know. I just I don't see the whole like Hulk Hogan's helping the business. If he did, eh, I think WCW would have put up a little bit lengthier of a fight. Well, I think it's it's not only just Hulk Hogan himself. I mean, he definitely he definitely had a big hand in it. But I think the biggest thing, I agree with you that the the finger poke of doom was kind of like the death rattle that started. Um, but really, the seeds were planted with all the mismanagement. Because if you listen to so many of the guys talk about what it was like working in WCW, uh, the the front office was basically a revolving door. And they had these people coming in trying to run this business who never worked in the wrestling business at all. And that's And that's why McMahon has been able to succeed for so long, because he grew up in a family that ran the business. His dad ran it. So he's running it. And his, his kids were involved. You know, he's got his son-in-law and Hunter involved. I mean, like, you know, that that's the thing. They, he, he knew what he was doing and Vince was the final say. And back then it was good, but again, you got to evolve with the times and evolve with the business. You have to be able to, uh, you know, he, he had to, he had to give a little bit up, whenever he let these people during the attitude era kind of like make themselves. And he needs to do that again to an extent, like obviously things are different and times change in the fact that like now they're publicly traded 
so they have to worry about sponsors and this and that you can't piss off the wrong people i get that but again it, it really comes back to evolve with the times you know and and i will i'll i'll make an argument that hogan testifying while you say you know may have hurt the business in a way it kind of almost helped because i mean look at the overall health and longevity of people now you know because you have the shit going on with the steroids eventually like you know then you kind of start implementing in the wellness policy and then the shit that happened with benoit with his brains being like fucking mush from all the ctes and everything then you know you have the concussion protocols and stuff so while it while it may have hurt the business at the time in the long run it it, it was definitely something that needed to be done and people needed to be held accountable because otherwise you're gonna have people killing over for fucking heart attacks like ultimate warrior did you know like because he did all those roids back in the day and he destroyed his heart and destroyed his body inside and you know <laughs> After so long, your body never really truly recovers from that stuff. So I'll, I'll argue that Hogan testifying actually helped the business in the long run. You know, I, I didn't think of it that way. That's a very, that's a very good point. No, that you make. It's a very good point. I mean, it, it's I mean, it's a shame too because I mean, like, you know, it, the fact that they were. You know, I mean, back then, like, yeah, you were doing the roids and stuff like that, and then people were also doing, you know, just drugs and painkillers and everything. Look at look at what happened with Jake the lots Snake. Lots of coke. Lots of coke. Lots yeah. of alcohol. Lots of painkillers. I mean, look at you know, uh, look at you know, look at Hall. Look at Jake the Snake was practically you know on his fucking deathbed until DDP helped save him. I mean, like it's you know, I, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that something had to finally come to light, and you know, the people were. Uh, taking better care of themselves, you know, overall, because, you know, the, the business is only around for so long for some people. Like, you know, it, you take one bad injury or something like that and fucking you're done. Like, then then what? Yeah. Then what are you going to do with your life? Well, I don't know. Maybe I'll hang around and, you know, just... Maybe you know, I'll open yeah. a car wash. Yeah, exactly. Maybe like, you know what I mean? Announcer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and not everybody gets afforded that luxury because not everybody can do it. Like, you know, thankfully, people like look. You know, look at Corey Graves. He lucked out in the sense that, um, you know, whenever that all that happened, whenever he was down in NXT, and Hunter was like, "Hey, listen, you know, we we we're gonna figure out something for you," and they did. And thankfully, he was able to take the commentary very well. You know, some people cannot do that. So yeah, that's a that's a good point. Wasn't 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 Haku selling uh, uh, cars before he came back to uh, to join the Bullet Club? Yep. I think. Yep. He had a car dealership. Oh, I, no. I would have, I would have bought any fucking thing, you know. If a fucking Haku's <laughs> like, "Hey, man, this this fucking 1998 Toyota Tacoma is gonna get you the the best truck ever." I don't need a truck. No, yeah, you're taking. Oh, I'm taking the truck. Thanks, Haku. Have a good I, day. Uh, so speaking well, of hell, you speaking do that of, now anyway. With speaking cars. of buying, yeah, in, right? Speaking <laughs> of buying into things, why don't we uh, why don't we put all of our chips in on these uh, predictions? Oh, yes. wonderful hey. segue. All right. Um, well, since uh, Ransom didn't get to participate in the last go around of stuff like officially, I'm going to start off with him. Um, yes. We've got we've got six matches, and I'm just going to start from what I think is going to be like the openers and work my way up to the quote unquote main event. So, Ransom, uh, you're up to pick first. The first match we got is Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo. Uh, this is for the United States Championship. Andrade being the current champion going in. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Andrade. 
Okay. Uh, I'm also with you on that one. I don't see how they're putting it on uh, white face baby meat yet. Uh, and if they do, God help me. But I won't know because I won't be watching. So fuck it. Oh. oh wow. Okay. Are you still? Hey, are you hey, still in a band? I, oh yeah. No, I'm a man of my convictions. I will. Even, I will stand by. Even pay per views, huh? Okay. Well, I'll be busy. I'll be busy Sunday night, anyways. And I mean, it, honestly, this pay per view is kind of like, yeah, it, it's. I You're think we're right. honestly all probably going to end up picking the same. I'll be surprised if I'll be surprised if we if anybody picks differently from one another. So it's kind of meh. You know what? I'm I'm half a champ. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there and say that they put the belt on Umberto. Oh, see, I knew somebody would do it just to prove me wrong. Way to go, Gee, dude, man, put down the Sylvia Plath novel and join the conversation. <laughs> wow. Yikes. You know what? If, I Tom and I, if Tom and I win this, win these belts back, it's not going to be Team Salt and Pepper. It's going to be Team Double Salt. Yep. <laughs> you know what I love? Team, team, cardiac, team cardiac arrest. <laughs> I thought that was me and no. Beef right now. No, yeah. I'm no, no, no. That's Team Knee Brace. Really. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, um, man. You know, I I love that Tom, he's not here for the episode. And, like, we, we get into picks. And, man, he's he, he's fucking organized. He's ready to go, man. Tiger well, Bomb. Lord, Bomb biggest, biggest pop of the night was right there. Team Knee Brace. <laughs> You're welcome. Beef. Speaking of Team Knee Brace, Beef, it's your oh, pick. So yeah. I was actually considering going with Umberto because I don't see them doing a lot. But, I mean, I, I got to believe no, I mean for for <laughs> honest to God, but I mean I you know I, I gotta believe that they're probably gonna save the, the the United States title change for Mania if they're smart. So mm. I I think Andrade picks it up here, and then I think Humberto uh, probably wins at Mania. All right. Well, on that note, uh, next match it's a no DQ match between Alistair Black and AJ Styles. I'm up first to pick. I have no idea, but if they're going to make AJ versus Undertaker at WrestleMania, uh, they're going to have to get AJ over. Um, I don't know if that necessarily means he goes over, but from what I heard, I guess he beat Aleister Black on Raw. I don't know. I'm seeing stuff on Instagram here and there. I'm picking AJ. Uh, Poop. It would make sense to keep AJ looking strong unless... Like Black and the Undertaker in some kind of cahoots, um, shenanigans. There's some kind of shenanigans or whatever. Tomfoolery, um, even. Oh, some flim flammery. Some um, malarkey. You said Black got <gasps> Black got or he got the win over Black on Raw. I think. so. Black. I don't, faced, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I so think. Black faced um, Anderson and um, Anderson Anderson lost via. Via DQ, whenever the rest of the OC <laughs> attacked, and then Styles said, "Hey, you know what? I'll take that match with you, Black." And then he beat Black. Yeah, a- after the OC beat down Black. So yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with. I- I'm not doing this simply to be contrarian or just throw away picks. I'm gonna go with Black goes over for some flim flammery. Okay. Like I'm. I'm gonna go with Black. Okay, beef. I mean, this is this is fucking Ricochet 2.0 where you build some guy up for like six months and then all of a sudden you fucking pull the tablecloth out from under him. Um, I mean, this is a classic WWE no-win situation. 
you have to have Black Wind to, you know, show that he's still, like, a badass. But you have to have Styles win because he lost to The Undertaker after one fucking choke slam. And so if AJ Styles is going to actually compete against The Undertaker at WrestleMania, which, as far as we know, is still the plan, then you gotta make Styles look good. So as much as I hate to say it, AJ Styles beats Black here. And just remember, like like I've said before, and like Bully Ray always says, you don't have to go over to get over. So yeah, but yeah, but I I know I know what you're thing. saying. And I I agree with you in this case, Beep. I'm just in saying. this case, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ransom, who do you got, uh, Alistair Black or AJ Styles? Um, I, I I have to say AJ for the mere fact that I, I think he has to win in order to make any. Match Undertaker seem halfway legitimate, right? Unless, like someone said, unless there's some sort of shenanigans or tomfoolery where Undertaker, you know, maybe the bell tolls and it distracts AJ and Alistair picks up the win, and that really, that really Whoa. sets the seeds for that match. I, I just, I don't know if Undertaker needs to go that far to make the match worthy by, you know, setting it up this early with a cheap interruption in the match and to be and, and to be fair again from the undertaker's perspective he beat aj styles with a choke slam he didn't take off his fucking ring gear he came into the ring he choke slammed aj you know again storyline wise why would he feel the need to do that you know like hey i beat this guy he's he's a pushover there's no point in me even worrying about him yeah yeah so yeah i'm gonna say aj okay all right, next match we got is for the Raw Tag Team Championships, the newly crowned Street Profits versus uh, Seth Rollins and uh, I'm not your buddy, pal, Murphy. Uh, Poop. <laughs> wait, you wait, wait, I'm sorry. I'm I, I apologize. You picked what Murphy and oh, wait, no, no one picked anything. I'm dumb. Nobody I'm stupid. I'm sorry, guys. I got distracted for a minute. Um, That's okay. Uh, I'm gonna oh, no, say the Undertaker Bell. I'm gonna say the Street Profits. <laughs> <laughs> Undertaker Bell. I like it. Uh, um, <laughs> it zooms into my head. It's just some like sad like stage hand walking up and down. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the Street Profits on this. They need they they need to stay strong. They haven't had the belts very long. Keep them. All right, Not beef. We want the smoke. Give me the profits. All right, uh, ransom. Yeah, I'm gonna say profits. I don't see, I don't see how it, it helps anybody to have them to have them lose. They just won the titles on Monday night. They just won them. Like they can't, they cannot lose. I mean, they, I mean, can, they can, but they can. Which, they which means, which means, of course, they're going to lose. Clearly, probably. Clearly. Um, uh, I'm I'm probably gonna go with the profits too. I think. Uh, give them give them the belts going into Mania. Maybe they'll maybe they'll drop them at Mania if they're gonna have them drop them quick. But I don't know. I, I feel I feel like I feel like they're kind of high up on them. They've been you know they're even though they weren't wrestling like they weren't necessarily wrestling a whole lot of matches. They've been prominently featured, giving them their own like little SNL type sketch thing. You know they're like you've been saying they're the they're Greek uh, the Greek choir. Of Monday Night Raw, so they, you know, they've been prominently featured in one way or another. So they're getting exposure. People like them. Keep the titles on them. Um, this ain't AEW. They don't have tag team matches at WrestleMania. Come on now, Tom. Is is Rollins? It'll in- be on the pre-show, dude. Come on. 
Is Rollins in a match yet for Mania? Has that been set up? Probably going to be with Owens. It uh, may okay. end up being... So, here's my only caveat. I think Rollins and Murphy may win the titles back only to have a tag team title match with Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens. I don't know. I Honestly, like as much as I like Murphy and Joe, I think that Rollins and Owens should be a singles match, not a tag team title match, but that's just me. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's uh, move it on to the next match. Uh, we've got, well, actually, it's kind of fun. Another tag team championship match. This is an elimination chamber match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship. So bear with me here. This is going to get complicated. <clears throat> We've got uh, The Miz and John Morrison, who are the current champs, uh, versus New Day, Big E, and Kofi, versus The Usos, versus Heavy Machinery, versus Lucha House Party, uh, com- uh, comprised of Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik, versus Ziggler and Rude. Okay. Wow, holy fuck, that's a lot of people. Beef. Who do you got? This was the toughest match I had to pick because yes, Miz and Morrison just won at Blood Money. But and, and see, there you go, Poot. You didn't have to pick this one first. <laughs> what? Um it's <laughs> You actually get to pick it last. You're it's... welcome. <laughs> to me, it's problematic because again, you think you want the title to be so I, I, I hate I hate hot potatoing titles, but I think that this might be a match to do it in because you can have the champions lose without looking too too badly. At the same time, I I feel like they're definitely pointing towards Otis and Ziggler doing something at Mania. Um, so if you put a tag team title match with Heavy Machinery with Rude and Ziggler, it would make a lot of sense. So uh, I was originally going to pick Miz and Morrison, but fuck it, I'm going to pick Ziggler and Rude. I just talked myself into it. <laughs> Wow. That's uh Wow. I, I don't Because the know. idea is that is that the, the, the idea is that Otis <laughs> and, and, and Tucker win the titles at Mania, Otis gets the girl and the titles. That's an interesting theory. Are they still running kind of the, the whole Otis Mandy angle yeah. right now? Yeah, now? that's that's the no poop that's that's the best <laughs> angle they have on SmackDown. That's, that's the only the, angle they have on SmackDown besides fucking dog food and that's done with. Well, let's not forget, uh, I'm next. Oh, I didn't even fucking talk about that this week. Um, but yeah, let's no. Not. Let's not. Um, the, let's uh, not. <laughs> this is, honestly, the, the, the Otis, Ziggler, Mandy thing is probably the best angle in WWE right now. Uh, say what you will about Seth Rollins and the Monday Night Messiah, give or take that. But I mean, honestly, this angle's pretty good, to hey, be listen, fair. Hey, listen, all the Monday Night Messiahs can never hold a candle to the Steel City Savior, so whatever. Anyways. Ransom. Pittsburgh. What's that? And what a and what and what a wonderful title reign you had, Tom. Yeah. All, you know. All four of those cups of coffee you can be proud of. Hey, second longest reigning choose away champion. Suck it beef one day. Oh. Well, you Ouch. Know. Well, that's there's no whole lot of argument that can go into that. It's good. Yeah, to be exactly. Fuck. What's that? Fuck. No, you would not be. Ransom held the title longer than well. Nope. I, I don't know how long Ransom held the title for. Nope. It it, it was me, the full it month. Yeah. Listen, Tom Tom, Tom our, has the numbers here. Tom's our stats guy. He he knows. He trust, is trust Tom, in the stats guy. 
I'll get, you, I'll, I'll, get you, I'll get you hard numbers at some point. I've actually been thinking about doing <laughs> yeah, that. So we could know. actually do like, so we could have like, you know, the little, the history tree to be like, poot the bard, like, you know, how many ever date, like, you know, 200 and whatever odd days or something, you know. We'll we get have there. our own wiki page. We, we need to have our own we'll wiki get, page. Exactly. We'll get a wiki page. Oh. Fuck it. We're going wiki. Anyways, Branson, let's get to these picks. Uh, who are you picking in this big chamber kafuckery uh, for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship? <laughs> Um, I, I don't know why. I, I don't have any rhyme or reason why. I can't think of reasons, but uh, I'm going to say Miz and Morrison. Okay. Um, I, I think that Otis and Ziggler can end up having a program, whether it's a singles or a tag, and they don't necessarily need the titles to do it. And honestly, I don't feel like they're going to I don't feel like they're going to hot potato it. If the Miz and Morrison are going to lose it, I feel like it's going to be at Mania, and they'll probably lose them to the Usos or something because since the Usos are now back. So I'm going to pick Miz and Morrison as well. Poot, rounding it out. It's a top uh, toss-up for me between Miz and Morrison and the Usos. I really thought, okay, the Usos are back. They're making a splash. It's it's the elimination. Oh, I chamber. see what you did there. You know what uh-huh. I mean. Uh, uh, splash. Didn't mean to. But didn't mean I to. Feel but use. I feel you. I feel you. Um. Listen, no splash. Um. You guys can't see me, but I'm doing like the side duck, like head rub right now. Side eye. Side Um. I. I feel like the mania plan, I was all set on the Usos, but the mania plan makes sense. I'm going to go with Miz and Morrison as well. All right. It's a long name to write out. Fucking John Morrison. All right. Uh, let's Eminem. see. Eminem. I should have just wrote Eminem. Yeah. Hey, oh, back to Eminem. Oh, oh where's wow. Melina? Oh, wow. man. Yeah, I didn't even think about it that way. Huh. All right. Um, who picked that first? Was that Beef that picked first? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was just making sure. All right. Uh, Ransom is up to pick first. This next match is, um, it is a three-on-one handicap match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Why? I don't know. But fucking <laughs> anyways, we've got Braun Strowman, the champ, versus Shinsuke Kok Nakamura versus Cesaro and, Cesaro and Sami Zayn. Oh. Good luck, Ransom. Okay. So... <laughs> Hold on, walk me through this match. Is it? Are they three on one? Okay, I'm gonna. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> yeah. So is it? Are they gonna be co intercontinental yes. champions, or is it gonna be whoever Braun Strowman so, is the intercontinental champion? That's a good I question. I feel like so. Here's the thing: when they were doing the contract signing, it was originally Nakamura versus Strowman, and Strowman was like, "I don't care what you do. I don't care if I have to face all three of you." And Sami Zayn was like, oh, he said it. He said it. The contract signed. He said it. We're doing it. So I feel like this is Nakamura's match to win. So I would think it would be his title reign. I think. Uh, uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah. I don't, I don't understand the stipulations of this match. I don't know what's <laughs> happening here. I mean, I at least understood. They at least made it clear when they had the, the two on one match for the for the <laughs> WWF title when it was 
Kane and Undertaker versus Stone Cold because whichever one of those two pinned Stone Cold was the champion. Fuck it. Judy Bagwell on a pole match. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, like freaking oh. JR's hat on a pole match. Barbecue I'm sorry. Judy on Bagwell a... on a forklift. I'm sorry. Not every, on a pole. Every time someone mentions that mash, but Bagwell gets another ab. So be careful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank Damn you. Damn it. Oh, oh finally so broke much. me for the night. I seen him posting all these things in the fucking Discord, the, all the little gifts, and I'm like, He's yeah, I'm trying. not breaking. I'm not. I was like, I'm not breaking, not tonight, because I was just the Lesnar one. The the Lesnar one almost had me. I yeah. <laughs> I thought I was like I like had a half a consideration. I'm like I might laugh at that, and then I'm like, nah, I'm still salty, and and yeah, that that got I don't me. No, I just. I don't understand the stipulations of this match. What if one of the other what if one of the other two guys pins Strowman? Does that mean that Shinsuke is the champion? You know what that means? Wild card. Wild, Wild card. Tits. I'm picking Braun Strowman. I'm also picking Strowman because I can't understand what the fuck they're doing, and it makes the most sense. Poop. Uh, I'm gonna pick Strowman as well because they're just they're gonna shove the other two back into obscurity. Okay. Beef. If you don't understand the math, then it's not worth figuring out. Braun Strowman. Thank <laughs> Christ. Figure it out. All right. Uh, and the last match. All right. This is an Elimination Chamber match. This is for uh, a a match against uh, Becky at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship. So we've got... Natalia versus Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler versus Asuka versus Ruby Riot versus Sarah Logan. And I'm up to pick this one. I'm bringing it home. How how can you say it's going to be anybody but Baszler? So that's who I'm picking. Poop. Uh, Baszler, and I'll show you why. My, my gif. Where's my phone? Okay then. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It just makes sense. <laughs> uh, beef. Oh my. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 got to be Baszler, but I mean, this like, where's where's all the fucking women's talent at? Like, no no offense to to Natty, but I mean, like, you have the oh, right no. squad. <laughs> It's all offense to Natty. It's okay. Right. You're, you're right. Yeah, oh. you're 100%. You, you have the Riot Squad, which is basically Ruby Riot's talented one. Uh, you have Baszler from NXT. Uh, hey now, you have Asuka, wait. which is talented. And, oh, and hold Natty, hold your horses there on the... On Go the, ahead. Um, how about... I think Sarah Logan's actually pretty talented. I dig her. So I haven't I mean, seen anything to, to, to make me believe that yet. Well, I mean, hopefully I'm proven wrong on Sunday, but but I haven't seen anything. Yet. I mean, that, the thing is that she she hasn't gotten the opera. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Who right, or I'm what done. is that? I'm done. What's that? happening? <laughs> the, the Discord is happening. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that is. Is that fucking is Lionel Richie? Freaking Probably. Putin's gone full Vince McMahon right now. Oh yeah. Uh, Wow. You never um, go full Vince The nose knows. <laughs> um <laughs> no, no, I I from what little I've seen of uh Sarah Logan, like when they actually do give her fucking TV time, she's actually good. Um she just hasn't I for whatever reason they didn't really just go with her. And I I mean not that it uh I, I don't know, it's gonna sound weird. I, I don't want it to come off weird, but 
she's actually done a lot to like get herself in better shape and stuff like that. Like she dropped weight and everything like that. She looks good. Uh, she can move well in the ring. And let's not forget, she like broke Dana uh, Dana Brooks' face that one time on Superstars. So she's got a hell of an ass. Who uh, Sarah Logan? Yeah, yeah. That's wow. For Ransom chiming in with like the uh, you know the the sexual stuff. That's usually my ballpark. The, the sexual Sorry, chocolate I stuff. I, I couldn't help Tiger Mom. The, the Tiger Mom Tom call the night. Whenever, yeah. whenever she's in the ring, it's gold. <laughs> I, I'm disappointed in Beef and Ransom right now because they forgot the golden rule. What's that? The sexual chocolate, baby. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ransom, Ransom, who do you got for this match? I'm guessing Baszler, but I, I mean, go ahead and make it official. Yeah, it's Baszler. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I'm glad we got that out of the way. <laughs> yeah, right. So now that now the picks are gone, I I I have a legendary letdown, and and this Wait, is probably oh, going to yeah. Before ahead. you do this, it, is Roman Reigns not in this pay per view? Who? Roman Reigns. Nope. No. Nope. Because because he fucking walked up to Goldberg on SmackDown and said, "I'm next," which apparently gives you number one contendership status. So is Drew that McIntyre had to. No, no. Drew McIntyre had to fucking knock the champion out of the ring in the Royal Rumble and then beat the other, you know, fucking 13 guys or whatever to get a shot. Roman Reigns walks up to the 50-year-old and says, I'm next. And That's that WWE logic. Come on now. It's how you, you do. So there's there's no, there's no, no Reigns, contendership no for, for Goldberg. It's just, it's Roman. Next. Ta-da. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Good. Like, Vince is like, hey. Everybody knows what's happening. We may as well just let it happen because there was originally supposed to be, um, it was supposed to be, I think, uh, Roman versus Strowman versus uh, Shinsuke versus Corbin versus somebody in an elimination chamber for a number of contendership. But apparently, Vince uh, said, hey, uh, fuck it. Everybody already knows. Why the fuck not? Good. I'm the, old, the old Roman good. Strowman. Yep. That's fantastic. He's right. already so, falling beef, into Lesnar status. Give your, with his, exactly. Beef, give I don't your, have to work. Give your letdown and keep it tight. Yeah, we're going to try. So, and th- this this might bode well for discussion, though, just a heads up. Um, so, this is probably going to be an unpopular opinion, but my legendary letdown is, uh, is not with WWE, WWE, not with AEW, not with the NWA or Roe or Ring of Honor or uh, New Japan. It is with NXT, and it's with NXT TakeOver Tampa, and Whoa. the direction that they are heading with the main event, uh, which is looking like it's going to be the Velveteen Dream versus Adam Cole. Now, hear me out. I love the Velveteen Dream. I love Adam Cole. Uh, on paper, that match sounds like it would be absolutely amazing. Uh, the way that they pulled it off last night... Uh, which, if you missed it, spoilers. Um, the uh, the 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 dream basically let Roddy Strong escape the cage, while Adam Cole was also in the cage, and then the dream locked the cage with handcuffs to keep Cole and the dream in the cage with the rest of the undisputed air on the outside. Sacrifice and eyes on the prize, smart man. So it's it's a it's a great kind of like you know very intelligent way to do it, but I just. <laughs> I feel like NXT Tampa might be the Undisputed Era swan song or very close oh, no. to it. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. So 
I feel like this is going to be when Adam Cole loses the title. If you would have told me last year that Velveteen Dream was going to win the NXT title in a year's time, I would have said, awesome, well-deserved. But right now, I don't think Dream is the guy to beat Adam Cole. Uh, I think that, you know, Finn Balor would be a guy to beat Adam Cole. I think that Johnny Gargano, I think that Tommaso Ciampa, I think that Roddy Strong, all of these names would be better names to beat Adam Cole than the Velveteen Dream. So, I, I'm not, my, my letdown is I think if, if it goes the way that I think it's going to go, I, I feel like it's going to be like, yay, Velveteen Dream won, and it's going to kind of be a puff of purple smoke, and that's kind of it. So, uh, and, you know, again, two guys who can prove me wrong are Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream. Well, so... They, they, they still have a whole, a whole month to build it up, and, and I might get to the point where I'm like, yeah, this is great. But to me, like, Dream had a blood feud with Roddy Strong about family. And I get it. They had a cage match, which is a bunch of big-time blow-off match. I understand that. But, I mean, like, they, they could have milked that for another couple of weeks. So I, 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 I just feel like it's, 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 it's kind of juxtaposed. You're not wrong. And, I mean, even if Dream does go over and, and win the NXT championship. That's the thing is, is like they've already started moving the other chess pieces. So there's not a whole lot of other people they could have gone with because you okay. got Bal they move they're moving the chess pieces towards Balor and uh and Valter, which is gonna be fucking amazing. Amazing. Yes, okay. 100%. So so Balor's out of the equation for for the regular NXT title with that. Then you got this feud between Champa and Johnny since they decided to take Johnny and turn him heel. So you got those two out of the running. So while I don't disagree with the fact that either one of those, any one of those three would have been a good contender to beat Cole, just with the, everything else that they decide to do and the directions they decide to go, you really don't have much of another choice. Like what other baby face do you have in, in NXT that's in a quote unquote, you know, main event upper echelon there in NXT to beat Cole? You don't really. You can't can't do it with Keith Lee. He's already got the North American title, so they did I mean, it with Warrior. Yeah, but that was that was then. This is now. There, I mean, the I know the I know of recent history. Like you know, the last double title was what Seth Rollins. Yes. So, so I mean, you know, I don't know. Well, fellas, um, I don't mean to be a bummer drummer here. I want to hear the rest of your discussion, but I really got to hit the uh, hit the old road. I got to hit the hay. I got to get to bed. It's going to be an early, early morning for the bard. Lots of bardy things to do. Well, hey, yeah, that man, gives gotcha. us the guaranteed viewer for this episode, so you can hear the last uh, the, the last little bit then. Oh, that'll be great. But you guys have a good night. Tom, it was good to talk to you for a little bit, and all you people listening out there, all one of you, which will be me. So hi, future me. Um uh -huh. <laughs> the, uh, have a have a good night. Thanks for listening, and we will uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Hey, see you, Coach. Thanks, dude, man. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, one thing I wanted to ask you about, Beef, since you mentioned the uh, in your letdown um, about you know you think this might be the end of Cole. If that happens, do you think there's any chance? for the Undisputed Era to show up at Mania? I'm not thinking the match, but do they have any impact on Mania, or is that something...
they're going to save for a Raw after Mania? Or do you think they still remain on NXT? It's just Cole's just not the champ. Well, so I've read, and, and again, you you got to be careful because, you know, wrestling journalism is what it is. Um, but um, Ain't that the truth. Yeah, right. Uh, pa- Pappy well, Dave isn't exactly the uh, exactly. Um, pa- Pappy Dave isn't exactly the most trusted source anymore. Anyway, so if Uncle you believe really what they what what their uh, Uncle Dave, sorry, not not Pappy Dave, uh, uh, Uncle Dave. Uh, so if you believe what they're saying, they're they're saying that that the NXT call ups are going to be handled differently this year because of the you know the 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 ratings war with with AEW. So, to me, like, the Undisputed Era is the backbone of NXT. They are what makes NXT go. But. Like, when I think NXT, I think Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era. Right now. Right. Because they've held shop for, what, three years now. Um, it's, it's, you know, they, they, they have the most tag team title reigns. They've held all the belts together, you know, for, for close to a year, uh, in some cases over a year. So, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they have been the dominant faction and really the dominant faction in all of WWE. So, to me, you, you, you can't. You, you can't just take them. But I also know that I said the same thing about Finn Balor, which, ironically, he's back. But, you know, uh, I, I said the same thing about McIntyre and Andrade. I said the same thing about Samoa Joe. I said the same thing about um, Nakamura. Even um, for a short time there, Kevin Owens. So NXT always replenishes itself, man. Like the the top of the card at NXT is is always going to grow. Uh, and and I and I think you have guys like Ciampa and and Gargano who aren't going anywhere, who are going to be NXT for life. Uh, if if they have their way about it, and they're happy to do so, Balor has shown. Going to go to Raw or SmackDown? Those two. Uh, Gargano has said, or not Gargano. Uh, Ciampa has said that if he if he had to, he would retire. Um, not because wow. he doesn't like the main roster, but because he's getting up there, and you know he doesn't want to do a full time schedule. Um, and 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 Johnny Wrestling is 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 notorious for saying that he's. NXT through and through, uh, and, and even you know Balor coming back, and 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 showing that he you know still bleeds black and black and yellow. So I mean, like you got three guys, and with the fourth tentatively being the Velveteen Dream, that who who NXT has served very well and has and vice versa. Plus you got the influx of guys like Walter and the UK guys like Kushida, like Pete Dunne, who who can build that brand up. So, to me... Oh, grizzled, I, I, grizzled Young Vets, too. The Grizzled Young Vets, exactly. So, to me, like, Undisputed Era has done pretty much all that they can do in NXT. There's nothing left for them to do. They're the longest reigning champion, the tag team champions. They are, uh, the, they, they've had the belts the most there. Uh, Cole's had a very nice, long, legit reign. Um, Roddy Strong has been a great middleman. So there's literally nothing. The, the only thing that I see that, that NXT has is on, or, um, Undisputed Era has an unfinished business in NXT is a feud between Roddy Strong and, um, and Adam Cole. 
that's the only thing that I think that would really kind of close the book on the Undisputed Era. So, to answer your question, do they show up at Mania? Um, or the Raw after. Right. So, smart- or the SmackDown well, after, because think about it. it yeah, think, think about, uh, you know, think about, um, uh, you know, them uh, starting, starting up a program between Roman Reigns and uh, Adam Cole, you know, with Adam Cole eventually eventually mm. becoming a universal champion because let's be you're honest silly. what's that you're silly that's I, I said you're silly that's that's never gonna happen adam cole is never gonna beat roman reigns for the universal title okay i mean stranger I things would have happened. no my god no listen 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 they look if have seth been... rollins can beat brock lesnar why can't adam cole beat roman reigns? exactly because because they have been grooming Seth Rollins to be the guy to take the mantle of the Raw guy from Lesnar. And honestly, I think he's done so. Even though he's not the champion right now, he's the guy that we talk about more often than not. Ooh, ooh, I'm sorry. I just thought of something. What if history repeats itself? What if whenever McIntyre wins the title off of Lesnar, they do a repeat of what they did in NXT when he won the title, and the Undisputed Era jumps him at the end of Mania? Oh, damn. I didn't think of that. Now, granted, so, now that is fantasy booking 101, because you know, like WrestleMania, you want to send everybody home happy. Right. They'll, they'll be pissed if the newly crowned McIntyre gets jumped like that. That, But I will I say... I don't think up, though. What's that? I... I, I the the crowd now is a smart crowd. They know NXT. But, you know, uh, even I, when good. I, I was gonna say even 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 as cool of an idea as it sounds, like maybe they jump them on the raw the next night. I as as I was saying it, as the words left my lips, I'm like, no, they won't do that because honestly, here's the difference um, with Drew McIntyre winning the title off of Lesnar. If all intents you know with all intentions that it's going to happen is that people want to see drew win the title when it came to seth rollins before and i think we talked about this before people just wanted to see the title off of lesnar they didn't care who the fuck did it so i think that's why you get a little bit of a there there was that disconnect and why seth rollins kind of didn't like kind of went meh well think about it like that that no i mean if you that if, was the, if, that was the whole time like when Seth like when Seth beat Brock he was like I did this to bring this title back to the show because he hijacked it and that's go back and listen to our shows before Mania last year because uh, or, or or around Mania I guess because I guess Mania was our kind of our first show uh, so because here's the thing Rollins I don't like outside of Money in the Bank Rollins when he won at WrestleMania 31 I don't think Rollins has had ever been hotter than he was when he beat Lesnar. Uh, it was after he beat Lesnar that he became his own worst enemy, uh, both with his Twitter fingers and just becoming, I think, complacent. Uh, and I mean, yes, he was in, you know, as we know now, the uh, the the throes of a new, you know, romance with, with Becky Lynch. So I'm sure that that probably had his attention as well. But I mean, let, let's, let's, let's call a spade a spade. After Rollins beat Lesnar at Mania last year, he became complacent, I feel. And, and the booking did him no favors. Well, they've, so they've, they've been grooming Rollins to take the mantle of the Raw guy, and I think he has. They've been grooming Roman Reigns to take the mantle of the guy. 
since Cena was on his way out. Since so let's 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 go back and have a, a Roman Reigns history. Uh, the first Royal Rumble, uh, the one in Pittsburgh, when uh, he threw out Rollins and Ambrose, and he was in the main, he was in the last two with him and Shea, uh, him and uh, Batista. Like the crowd really wanted him. Uh, since then, they have protected him, but they have always failed on pulling the trigger. The reason that they had, uh, oh, oh my god, I almost said Brock Lesnar. The reason that they had Oldberg beat the Fiend is so that they can get Reigns the title with more people cheering than booing. And yes, Tom is 100% right. He said it before that there are still going to be people out there, that the Goldberg marks, who are going to hate it. Okay, agreed. But I think that he's going to be far more cheered for beating Goldberg than he would have been beating the Fiend. So it's smart business. Right. This is so Reigns is being groomed to be the guy who carries the mantle for the next five to ten years. To have a guy that the internet loves, which we do, uh, and, and Adam Cole, Bebe, uh, come up and beat him seemingly within his first year of, of, of his first real and I, I know that he's been champion before, but like to me, this is Roman Reigns like sink or swim reign. To have Adam Cole come up and beat him within that first year, I think is ludicrous. I would love to see it because I think it'd be great and be great television, but it'll never happen because Vince has put so much money and time into Roman Reigns. So, well, you have you have a good point there. My my, uh, as I was saying it before, like as the words were leaving my mouth, like I said, you know. People people want to see Drew McIntyre. They're they're emotionally invested in his story of how he, you know, how he basically sunk to the bottom, left and came back and got back up to the top. And I mean, let's be honest, when you sink down to the bottom in WWE, once you fall out of favor with Vince once, it's very hard to get back up to that top spot. But Drew has done it through a lot of hard work and just maturity and everything like that. Um so you know would would we see the you know the the undisputed era jump attack you know repeat maybe on raw you know maybe that that could happen um i'm not saying that you know just because they come up they're immediately going to propel adam cole into into the you know they should into a title ring i mean if they're smart they would but yeah you know i mean it it is what it is um the other thing to consider is that you know right now WrestleMania isn't just a show. Right now, WrestleMania is a bargaining chip. Um, right now, WrestleMania is a big fat payday for Vince McMahon and and and, and the WWE stockholders because they've been. And the other reason that Olberg won is so that they're putting on these big marquee matchup names. You know, Olberg versus Reigns, Cena versus Fiend, Lesnar versus uh, McIntyre. You know, you're getting big names. With, with with big stories so that somebody will come in and buy it. Now, is it going to happen this year? Maybe. You know, are, are we all going to be bitching about how we have to pay for ESPN Plus to watch it? Maybe. You know, who knows? Because there's still a whole month and fucking life can change in a month well i mean even but, if they even if they sell the rights they would still they would still air it on the network too because they're they're not going to shoot themselves mm-hmm. in the foot they're not going to shoot that's not they're that's not, not what i understand because uh, here, here's the thing 
here's the thing. Hold on, wait. I don't I don't know anything about this ESPN deal. What Oh what, really? So the deal? They're no, trying they're trying to sell the streaming rights or whatever, basically, for like their pay-per-views. They're trying to see if they can sell them off to somebody. Piecemeal them. Yeah. Piecemeal them, the big ones, like Mania, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, you know, Royal Rumble. But there's um, there, and there's Fox no way and ESPN are head and head. There's no um, way that they can shoot themselves in the foot with the network because they'd be stupid to. But why would you pay so so if you're ESPN or Fox, why would you pay, you know, a hundred million dollars or, or, or two billion dollars or whatever it's gonna be? Why would you pay that for a show that yes, you can put on your network or your streaming apps, but then can also be got by just paying nine ninety nine to WWE. I don't to know. To me, I think I think whenever they're talking about selling the rights I mean, I think that they're talking about selling the rights. Like, hey, sorry, if you want to watch WrestleMania, you're going to have to go watch it on ESPN or on Fox or on ESPN Plus or however they want to handle it. Uh, I think for the – so if something happens between now and WrestleMania, which a, a month ago it sounded like it was going to happen. Now, now that we're getting closer, I don't know that they'll kind of tempt fate with that. But uh, I, if something were going to happen, I, I – I think you get it free this year, either on ESPN, Fox, whoever takes it. You get it for free this year. But then, you know, just just like any good drug dealer, the first one's on me. And then next, you know, next year, hey, you got to pay the man. Well, here's the thing. I think, I think honestly, even if they only do that, even if they sell the rights or whatever for like the big pay-per-views, I think what they'll, they'll probably still keep the stuff on the network and they're probably just doing that just to try to reach a bigger audience so they can pull more people into the network. Because even after they stop showing all the pay-per-views like on, uh, even after they stop showing all the, the, the off pay-per-views the WWE had like hell in a cell and stuff like that, even after they stop like showing awful. them on, even after they stopped showing them on cable um, and everything was moving to the network, they still had WrestleMania that you could buy on, like, pay-per-view on TV. Because if you weren't, like, if you're not a, if you're not a huge wrestling fan, but it's something like WrestleMania comes around and you just happen to watch it. Same same way with, like, how people, um, you know, might not be the biggest football fans, but they'll sit and watch, you know, maybe a few playoff games or they'll watch the Super Bowl. Like, my girlfriend's not a football fan. We we have the Super Bowl on the in the background because she asked me. She's like, "Are we watching it?" And I'm like, "We can see if there's any good commercials on." She's like, "Okay," and uh, like so for the the really really casual wrestling fan, it'd be smart for them to do. But they'd be they'd be retarded if they like seriously didn't have that stuff on the network. They would lose so many people. Like, oh, I'd drop it. Yeah. I'd drop the network for sure because I'm not. I gonna, don't think I'm, that they're concerned with that though. That that's the thing. I think that they're so to so to me again. They're 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 looking at a big price tag for 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 events like WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble and SummerSlam. Like it, it it's going to demand a big price tag. But I think with that, if I'm paying a big price tag, you damn right I'm I'm demanding exclusivity because I don't want anybody else to be able to view this anywhere else but what I intend. Yeah, but so, for as much as we shit on Vince that he doesn't listen to the fans and he's out of touch and shit like that, doing something like that where you move, you know, like if you're a wrestling fan, you and like you if you're a hardcore WWE fan or a wrestling fan, you're subscribed to the WWE network. It, he 
he's not going to shit on the the people that much. I mean, for as, listen, for as much shit as we give him, I don't think that he would do something like that. But Vince I, is a wonderful businessman. Like, I mean, we I give could Vince, be wrong. I could be wrong, we give, but we'll see. We give Vince a lot of shit for being a bad booker, which he is, a, a bad personnel guy, which he is. But he is a phenomenal businessman. He has taken something that was... And again, I'm you know circling back around this thing that was in a niche audience, like old guys, middle aged guys went to like smoky clubs to watch these guys, big big beefy guys, just 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 deck each other in a ring like boxing. And he's taken this and he's made it into a national product, which Fox paid billions of dollars for the rights to show SmackDown. Vince McMahon is a brilliant businessman. Yeah, I think. He's probably crunched the numbers and said, hey, you know, if we lose people on the network, so be it. Because ultimately, they, you know, that, and that's where the whole WWE network thing kind of never made sense to me. Like, they had people paying 45 to $60, or for WrestleMania, $75 in HD for a pay-per-view. Yeah, and but and then you turn around and say, "Oh, we're going to have monthly subscribers now." Well, but but they, but doesn't W like okay? Even if somebody buys the rights, doesn't WWE have to like pay somebody to like carry their thing? Like, um... okay, so for example, is is NXT live on the WWE network right now? No, it's not live on the network. It's live on, on Wednesday night. That's right. That's right. Because USAA owns the rights to nxt okay it's so, live the next night but so, so, so they, they they can put it they, they, they could probably put the video of wrestlemania up you know the monday following but if you're talking about broadcasting it live i'm i'm willing to mm. bet that that the bargaining chip right now is that we you know w which is gonna suck for wrestling fans because now it's 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 either we have to get another streaming service like ESPN Plus or like Fox Plus or whatever the fuck it is, or sit through fucking commercials. And no matter how great or epic a match may be, because there have been some pretty good matches on Raw and SmackDown, it always feels not as good when there's a commercial break in between. So... Say what you will. So my, my my original point with all of this is that yes, having the Undisputed Era come out at WrestleMania and uh, take take out McIntyre would be absolutely amazing, and it would be a great callback to the debut of the Undisputed Era. But they gotta if if they don't sell this year's WrestleMania, they have to put out something that's going to be palatable for people to want to buy, and sending the fans home happy fireworks and you know the, the the chosen one finally ascending back you know ascending to the throne that he you know pined for years ago is is the story to go to and, and as much as again i would love tom you're 100 right i would love to see them do that i think that would make so much great wrestling sense well i think but i i think they'll do it if they're gonna do it i think they'll do it on the on the next night well, after yeah that that right. i i think at, like like i said as the words had left my mouth i'm like no, you gotta have you gotta let Drew have his WrestleMania moment with the fireworks and everything like that. So no, I, I yeah, I re I retract my I, original booking and I book it for the next night on Raw. Sorry, Ransom, go ahead, man. 
Well, I, I, I don't, I don't dislike what you said. The more I think about it, the more exciting I think that would be. And I agree that you need to have um, Drew McIntyre get that WrestleMania moment. But I think, like Beef said when that was originally brought up, you you end WrestleMania with that with that WrestleMania moment, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. How unexpected would it be? You let Drew have that moment. You let the fireworks go. That little logo shows up in the lower left hand, lower right hand. Shows up like it's ending. He gets that fireworks moment. He gets all that. But before it's over, you get Redragon and Roderick Strong showing up on the ring apron. And then wham! Adam Cole hits him from behind. He still gets his WrestleMania moment. But you have a massive surprise because people don't expect that to happen at WrestleMania. Yeah, because it never happens. That that, that is would be true. One of those that would be one of those amazing setups to where the night after WrestleMania, that Raw or that SmackDown, people expect things to happen. Right. You know that's the show where you watch. If you don't watch Raw or SmackDown at all through the year, that's that one Raw and that one SmackDown that you watch. Because you know that that's a rebirth, it's a restart, everything is new, and you're expecting big things to happen. So yeah. if you have one of those big things, you have it happen at the end of WrestleMania. What an amazing setup that would be for Adam Cole versus Drew McIntyre. I just, I think it would be one of those moments where, you know, they could show again and again and again on a Raw and SmackDown on the network. It could be one of those replays where it's like this is the one of the most shocking things to ever happen at a WrestleMania, because yeah. you don't have the the surprise ending of of Manias. You have a clean ending. Fireworks go off. The show goes off the air, and then Monday and Friday, that's when the surprises happen. Now, got, one of those big surprises happen. It's like, oh, holy crap! Now I got I got one question for you, and this is going to tie into. Uh something with WrestleMania since we were talking about this being the last moment of the, uh, of the night and everything like that. Um, how much before I got in, did you guys touch on uh, Goldberg winning at all or anything like that anymore? Or did you? We didn't, we didn't talk about it. We at all. mentioned it. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think, I think, I think I mentioned it like real briefly, but nothing real in so, depth. So, so I want to, so I want to take a second here and touch on this again, real quick. Um, as much as I hate it, as much as I hate Goldberg, we know we all know my my disdain for Goldberg is very well documented. Well documented. Very well, well documented. documented. Yeah, very well documented. Um, but but I understand that him taking the 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 title off the fiend is just a vehicle for Roman to get it. And also, um, I was listening. I was listening to Busted Open, and they brought up a good point. I didn't see this, but I guess the fiend whenever. Um, he he tweeted something out bray wyatt tweeted something out and he said something about like more or less to the lot to the lines of that it was a sacrifice like the championship meant nothing it's like you know what take it and he said something about i'm where i'm supposed to be thus setting up his feud with him and cena so essentially the character of the fiend is going back against all the people that have wronged bray wyatt you know at one point or another so um i as much as I still don't like big dumb fat fucking Goldberg with a stupid oh. bald head and ugly face with the title, oh. I am 
I, from the business end of it, I get it. I still just, I, I still feel like they shouldn't have, they didn't need to put the title on The Fiend in the first place because there's no way that Cena was going to come back and challenge Bray Wyatt for, Bray Wyatt or The Fiend for a championship. Like Cena said, like, you know, he doesn't need to be there or whatever. Like WrestleMania can go on. The future's there, blah, 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 blah. He's right. That's fine. Um, so, you know, if they would have done their proper booking and did their backwards booking, if they wanted Cena versus, you know, The Fiend at Mania, they should have never put the title on The Fiend in the first place. But I digress. Um, the the part that still irks me about it is, is this right here. I'm going to read a quote from, uh, from Eric Bischoff. Okay. <clears throat> um, Bill is first and foremost a businessman. So if Bill was going to Saudi Arabia, it was a financial decision, a business decision. Bill is not in love with the wrestling business, especially after performing at WrestleMania and going into the Hall of Fame. I'm pretty certain that for Bill to leave the comfort of his home in San Diego, which is where I heard he was living last, he doesn't need the money. He's very comfortable where he's at. He is Jewish and he's going to Saudi Arabia, which is a very controversial decision in itself. I don't think Bill made that decision lightly. And I think when it came down to it, it was purely business. And I would imagine it was an enormous amount of money. So there in that quote, there's one thing that is a glaring statement. And I know it's, I know it's one, man, it's one man's opinion, but I kind of have to agree with it. He's not, Bill is not in love with the wrestling business. That's the part that irks me. Putting championships on guys that aren't, you know, in it, in it for the wrestling itself. Like, yes, I understand it's a business at the end of the day and numbers are numbers and paychecks are paychecks and whatever. But that, that to me is just a slap in the face to guys like Ricochet who, you know, whenever I came into the, the recording earlier you guys were talking about you know his burial and everything to me you know putting a title on somebody like a goldberg is a fucking slap in the face to people like ricochet people like alistair black you know people that are busting their ass day in and day out now i know oh, like we... john cena too john cena was clearly in love with the wrestling business oh yeah yeah i mean i don't think it was uh, i think he, I think he made was he though no of, oh, oh no yes. cena is cena definitely well, was he, he he is now no he, he, was he was a bodybuilder he, he was a bodybuilder and because he changed his profession he dove in feet first so it's 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 interesting that you're talking about this because again i'm gonna mention it for like the, the seventh time Ruthless Aggression. New episode up uh, on Monday night was uh, the Lesnar episode. And basically, Paul Heyman said the exact same thing about Brock Lesnar that um, Bischoff just said about Goldberg. That Lesnar is a private dude. He's made his money. He doesn't want to travel. He doesn't want full time. He has no interest. He's. It's not that he has no interest in the, 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 the business, but he has the interest in the money. But I will give you a big, big fucking difference with Goldberg and with Brock Lesnar. For as much as we've shit on Brock Lesnar being a part-time champ, I, I still don't like the fact that, you know, I, I still never like the fact of, you know, he was, he was this brand or this company's, you know, main champion and you never saw the fucking title. I hate that. I hate that, hate that, hate that. I understand Brock is an attraction, so you know I, I get why he has very limited 
uh, appearances and everything like that. I understand that. I still am not happy with when you put the title on somebody and the title is not there on you know your flagship show or whatever. But here's the thing. Brock, and I'm starting to see this now because, again, I got, I got to give credit where credit's due. Bully Ray knows his shit. So if, if anybody listens to our podcast and if you need another podcast for, for wrestling fix, you know, in between the days when we're not on and stuff like that, that you don't have our recording, go listen to Busted Open. I'm going to give them a little shout out, you know, because Bully Ray knows his shit. Brock knows how to put people over. And when he sees the money in it and when he's, you know, uh, when it makes business sense for him to to do business with somebody, Brock will go out of his way to put somebody over. Look what he did with McIntyre taking the Claymore kick clean at the Rumble like he did, not putting his hands up. You know, to, he didn't take it on the hands. He took it on his head. That's one. Two is, now I, again, I haven't watched Raw, so everything that I'm finding out about Raw and SmackDown is literally through like Insta- Instagram clips and like, I don't know, random random postings on Facebook or whatever. But there is a, there was a clip of whenever Drew claymored Brock up on the entrance ramp. And Brock is laying there and Drew's kind of like hovering around him and stuff like that. And you hear from a hot mic, you hear Brock yelling, grab the title, grab the belt. Because he knows that having Drew grab that title and standing there with it above him while Brock is down, is setting Drew up to, you know, grooming the people into thinking, like, this is this is what our champion is supposed to look like. So Brock is doing leaps and bounds to uh, to put Drew over. That's a big difference. Yeah, you ain't wrong. That's ain't, the big difference. You ain't wrong. I was, I was, I was just going to draw the illusion between the two, but yeah, no. I, and, and I've, you know, like, let's call a spade a spade. I've always been a Brock guy. Uh, I've I I love Lesnar, and and I think that he is a great attraction. Um, am, am I happy that he holds the belt hostage? No, no, I'm not. But you know, I I also understand that, you know, uh, uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So, you know, it, it it the title matches become more special with with him. Um, but yeah, no, I was, I was, I just, it, it was, it was a neat little, neat, neat little thing that basically they said the same thing and we're, 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 we're blasting Goldberg. But I mean, it, with, with good reason, like, like, like you mentioned, you know, Lesnar has no problem putting people over if he sees the money in it. And obviously, um, with, with, with McIntyre, he sees the money as we all do. So, and, and God willing, they're not going to make a. Go ahead, Bransom. Brock has always been, been good that way with putting people over. <coughs> you know, if you look at his first run in WWE when he first showed up, when when people would get moves in on Brock and knock him down, it, he, he, he sells. could sell. Yeah. Oh my goodness, he could sell. And when someone would knock Brock over, you would go, oh, whoa. Because it wasn't like somebody knocking over Braun Strowman or knocking over the big show or something like that. Brock really sold it. And you were a hundred percent right when you said that he nailed that when he nailed that claymore kick in the rumble on Brock. I mean, there were no hands. He didn't protect himself at all. He took it on the chin and and made it look legit. Brock is very, very good at when someone gets a knock in on him, you know, he, he takes it. Yeah. I, and and the other sure, thing, hundred percent. And the other thing is between uh, uh, comparing between Brock and Goldberg, 
um i know i know again i know that we always uh you know uh joke about how the fact that brock is like you know fucking sweating buckets like five seconds into a match i get that but his conditioning like the fact that he he still comes in and he hits his moves yeah he only he may only do like a variation of three types of suplexes and an f5 i get that but it's never sloppy slop no. and with brock that's all he really needs to do yeah now goldberg with the slop hammer i i understand there's an age difference but still if you know that you're going to come back like once or twice a year fucking you know put a little get extra effort in the gym yeah get your ass in yeah. the gym and put a little extra effort into it son come on or hell i'm sure you know this i think this also ties in with what you said about brock doesn't or not brock uh goldberg doesn't care about the business right and that that is no more that could be no more evident than you know if if you can stomach listening to the broken skull sessions with Goldberg, it it becomes very clear very quickly that he doesn't care about the business and he doesn't really know a whole lot about the business. He openly says that many times throughout that that interview where you know when he first started he doesn't know anything about the business when he got to WWE for the first time I don't know anything about the business. And through the whole interview, he never once said, this was the moment where I, it clicked and I understood and I get the business and I, I, you know, I, I get what we need to do, what I'm supposed to do, what the people want. Never. He just he doesn't understand it. And, you know, it's a big shame because I think with Goldberg, especially during his heyday, probably could have done a lot more for the business if he cared yep i agree yeah he because he was for sure the uh, uh outside of boston and the rock like if, if you ask people uh, 90s wrestling fans about the business they'll tell you they remember goldberg so Yes. Um. You, you know, it, it is what it is, and you know, we are where we are with it. It it sucks, but you know, like like we've talked about, it's 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 for a purpose this time, which you know we have to stop the knee jerk on, and and understand that it's got you know Vince has a point. You know, we would have absolutely shit and everybody would shit right all over Roman Reigns for him beating uh 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 or uh, yeah him for him beating um the fiend with Goldberg he's got a better option of success again like Tom said it's not it's not guaranteed you're not going to get 100% but you know you have a way better uh, uh, option now than than with um than with the fiend so so I, I get it but you I know still, it, I'm it, still it, convinced that it's just going to be it's going to be that mania like he's going to get and I, I wholeheartedly agree with Tom he's not going to get Roman Reigns isn't going to get 100 percent of the cheer there are going to be those people that boo him because they you know they're they're Goldberg marks but I'm I'm convinced hope I'm wrong. But I'm convinced the next night on Raw or SmackDown or wherever Roman Reigns shows up, the honeymoon's over after WrestleMania. He goes back to being booed. His they better figure it out. Dirt, and dirt, 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 and it's a sea of booze, just like it always was. And I'll and I'll. They're leave. gonna get that big pop for Goldberg, but 
uh, who else can you feed to Roman Reigns right now that are going to make the people cheer for Roman Reigns and, and legit boo the other person? Yeah, regardless they can't of how do. big a heel, the, yeah, regardless of who they are, people I, are going to go back to the whole, I hate Roman Reigns, and it's just going to be, the honeymoon's going to be over. Yeah, I don't. I don't. They can't think... do Corbin anymore. No, no. <laughs> they would. Ha- they would have to. Death. They would have to move Rollins over to SmackDown or Roman over to Raw, and and do that because Seth is you know kind of. Honestly, there's not there's not like a, a big enough heel to feed to Roman. Um, there was one other thing uh, that I forgot. I kind of got sidetracked with my hatred of Goldberg to to <laughs> say this. It's easy to do. I know it's yeah, very easy right? to do. In regards to WrestleMania. The Roman Goldberg match, you have to open up Mania with that. If you don't, if you sit there and you make people wait for like five plus hours to get Goldberg versus Roman, which we know is going to be like a five minute match tops, get uh, f- those people are going to fucking hate, hate, hate it. Like, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they would have go over. It wouldn't even matter if Goldberg still retained. They're going to hate it because. I agree because yep. they're going to be drained by that. Excuse me, by that point, I think you get. I think the money in in WrestleMania, you open up Mania with the title change there. You end it, uh, Mania with the title change. Bookend it right there. You think they'll do yep. that? You think yep. they're actually going to have Roman and, and Goldberg go first? I hope. I do. I hope they same better. As, same as Lesnar and um, Rollins last year, man. Like, yeah. You know, it 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 just makes sense. Uh, you you give the crowd a hot title change to start, and uh, yeah, you uh, you you give the crowd a hot title change to finish. So yep. it, it you know it, it 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 does make a lot of sense. Absolutely. Uh, you in your wildest nightmares. No. <laughs> Don't even suggest it. If I. I'm gonna. Well, no, not not Goldberg winning. Okay. Okay. Way he retains. But okay. Other than that, I should say, other than that, in your wildest nightmares, do you think they would be foolish enough to put McIntyre Lesnar on first and save Goldberg, no. Roman to the end? I don't no think way. so. I, I don't because, think so. Because but that's God. not going to be a long Roman match. Vince's boy. Yeah, but God. Yeah, but yeah, but that's not going to be a long match though. Like Roman had his time with the fireworks and the end of the show with the Undertaker. Like this is McIntyre's time. And, and granted, yeah, it, granted that the McIntyre Lesnar match might might not be that long of a match either, but we got we got to remember that like a ten minute match can still be a good match. Like it, it just all depends on how you work it. Like you know, ten minute it, matches can feel longer than they are if, yeah. if they're done right. Giggity. Uh, Darby Allen versus um, Sammy Guevara is a perfect example. That was a pretty short match, but like for what they worked in. It was great, and and it was perfect, and it was exactly what it needed to be. So I, I still need to go back and watch Revolution. I, di- I didn't bother. Oh, I know. Man, I didn't I'm, get a chance. I'm telling you. So it's 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 super good. Well, I still, gentlemen, I still gotta, uh, we I still, are. Yeah, I still got to watch uh, AEW from last night too. I didn't get to that today. So we are uh, we we are to the point. We are you know we we snaggly. started early to try and avoid this, but we are uh, we are we are very snaggly of the tooth now. We definitely so, are. Uh, we uh we we de- we definitely want to uh you know thank our sponsors uh you know uh, obviously uh, casual gaming dad uh, here sitting in with us again so we always appreciate having you here Tom uh, and having you as a sponsor and you know uh, I always look forward to what you're bringing on uh, on on the corner there and 
uh, on on the Facebooks and the YouTubes and the and the Twitches, especially since uh, it sounds like Facebook's been a bitch lately. So you know, um, um, it, it, it has been. Uh, but I fi- I fixed that issue the um, the other day when I when I wasn't able to go live um, with the Final Fantasy VII remake demo, which I, I gotta say is a oh my god, I can't wait for that masterpiece. Um, and and actually, I'm about to go live here in like 15 minutes, uh, and I just had like an audible change because. Somebody got sick, and I was supposed to do one game. Now I'm going to do a completely different game with a completely different person. So yay! <laughs> well, there you go. That's fine. Nothing like last uh-huh. changes, eh, Vince? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so we so we want to thank you uh, so much, and hope you get uh, you know some 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 of our people that listen to you uh, go over and check you out and enjoy the stuff in the corner there. And then uh, uh, Clearfield IWC, Sean Tischler, and I want to make sure we do plug the event coming up here. In April on uh, on on Poopmas Eve, uh, which I believe is the twenty fourth of April, it's Saturday 20, night. Twenty fifth. Twenty fifth of April. Thank you. It's uh, yes, yeah, Saturday night, April twenty fifth. Uh, Clearfield uh, Cage Combat. Uh, I think it's Cage Combat Four. Uh, they're bringing the cage back, so it's you know you know it's going to be a great show. So uh, are we talk to doing Sean for the same thing. Are we going to that? Did well, you, we're going to try. Did you talk? Uh, to, did you talk yet. to Sean no, yet? Get on it, beef. I, I, have not yeah, had any beef. communication with Sean as of yet. Listen, uh, you're the worst I, I got, beef. Listen. No, I'm joking. I know. I know. I'm joking. We uh, you're got, the I, I have, have a have a have a lot of irons in the fire. But uh, yeah, definitely definitely talk to Sean for tickets and uh, get your tickets now because they're probably not going to be around for all ever. So, uh, but yes. Uh, so thank you so much for our sponsors. Uh, Ransom, why don't you take us home, buddy? Hey, uh, great show. I'm glad everybody got to get on. Um, you know, I was hoping that it wasn't going to be a, a a man down for the full episode. So I'm glad that Poot was able to start us out. I'm glad Tom came in and and then uh, finished us out. This has been a hell of an episode. Uh, I'd like to say I'm looking forward to Elimination Chamber, but my give-a-shit-o-meter is dangling in the moderate levels. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I imagine we'll have some stuff to talk about after Elimination Chamber on the next uh, the next podcast as we uh, as we ramp up here on the road to WrestleMania and uh hopefully uh hopefully it won't disappoint. Um I think on the next episode I would like to talk a little bit about my hatred of the name the Universal Title. I still Ooh. can't get over how how dumb of a name that is. That could be uh, interesting. It's just stupid. But anyway, um, yeah, for uh, the absent but always loved Poot the Bard, one half of the Chooserweight champions, the other half of the Chooserweight champions, Mr. Beef the Legend, and uh, hopefully soon to be the, uh, the new one half of the Chooserweight champions, Tiger Bomb <laughs> Tom, and I'm really hoping that we can clinch it. We take it away from these idiots because, damn it, Team Salt and Pepper needs to come back and, and just rule the roost here. Damn straight. So, all right, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Don't forget about Elimination Chamber. It's going to be moderate. No, no, no. Stop that. Stop that. Don't watch Elimination Chamber. Go back and watch AW Revolution. Instead, you're going to be way happier. All right. Good point. Later.